Disney's MGM Studios theme park opened in May of 1989. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age. How did you get here? We entered a contest. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> I'm going to take my camera off for a second. Show you how us official undercover guys pick a lock. Hey, Tink, slip me some wings. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 566. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic, not just with the show, but with my videos, blog, live videos on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Whether you're a first-time visitor to the Disney parks or have been hundreds of times, and if you're planning a vacation or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something here for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, thank you and welcome. Please go back and check out some or all of my past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and join the community at www.radio.com community. So the 2019 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is bigger, better, and more delicious than ever. And with so much to see, do, eat, drink, and experience, it can be a little overwhelming and yet also very delicious. So this week, I'm going to take you with me live through the festival as we wander and explore Future World and the World Showcase pavilions and promenade to sample, sip, and more importantly, share our must-do marketplaces and items at this year's event. And just a word of caution, you might not want to listen if you're hungry. I'm then going to have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'm going to pose a new, I think easy, challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming WWRD events, a special guest for our live show this Wednesday night, Meet of the Month, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. I say that, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Maybe it's Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, Fall Decor on Main Street USA, Pumpkin Spice Everything Around Every Corner. And for most of us, the first thing we think of is oppressive heat and humidity. No, we probably think of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival now celebrating, if the math is correct, its 24th year. I can only imagine what they're going to do next year, running from August 29th through November 23rd, when hopefully the heat and humidity will start to break. When I say that it's back this year, bigger, better, and longer than ever, it is true, I think, on all accounts. And there is 
so much to see, so much to do. In addition to and in addition to eating and drinking, there's all kinds of merchandise activities for adults, kids, the Eat to the Beat concert series. But there's more than 40 different dining destinations to go through. And try as I might, because I'm a giver and I'm always hungry, you really can't do them all. So I feel it, it's my job. There I say my responsibility to help you navigate some of the best of the best of the best from this year's Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So I was thinking I would gather some friends because sharing is caring and it's a good excuse to walk around the festival one more time and talk about, and I'm using this in air quotes, 10-ish things you need to do, try, eat, and sip at the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival 2019. So I want to welcome, I think, back everybody. No, back and a first-timer. So back once again is Lisa Deno- uh, ladies first, Lisa Denoto-Glasser from thecastlerun.com. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You may remember her from such shows as the Moving to Disney episode, Polite Pig, and a couple other ones that I'm not remembering about. Yeah, there have been a few. I think Moving to Disney was the big one. <laughs> and speaking of Moving to Disney and Polite Pig and his love of barbecue, welcome back Kenneth Johnson from KennethJohnson.com. That's it. That just, That's it. It's great to have the band back together. Thanks, Lou. And it, I want to. I don't want to say like the fourth Beatle, but you're not. You're not Ringo. You're not. For the first time, literally and forever, is also a relatively new Florida transplant, Jason Kanat. Hello, everybody. From soon to be here with themagic.com. There you go. We'll talk more. We'll do all the shameless plugs later. But I'm hungry. Dare I say I'm starving, and it is a beautiful, and by beautiful I mean it's incredibly hot again because it's September, uh, hot day at the Food and Wine Festival. I know this is not any of our first time here. We've been here multiple times together. You guys have been here on your own, all in the name of research, uh, because you guys too really are, are dedicated to your craft. Uh, you've been researching for Here with the Magic. Ken has been researching for his appetite and Lisa likes taking photos and posting on her blog and the Instagram all the time. So this is, um, I don't want to almost say it's a recap because there's still some things that we all haven't tried. And as we were talking a little bit beforehand, we were starting to compare a little bit of our lists. And I think there are some things that we agree that are absolute must-dos, things that everybody needs to try because they're unique, they're delicious, maybe a combination of the true of, of the two. And I think there's probably some items that are sort of on the bubble. So maybe what we can do before we even start walking, because what I have found after doing this for the past 15 or so years is you literally, and I've tried, you can't eat every single kiosk all in one day. I've had some really delicious and then sad experiences when I used to do walkabouts. Um, we used to have a group of like 100 people walking from kiosk to kiosk to try and get everything. By the time they got all the way around World Showcase, it, it was not it was not a pretty sight. So let's ca- talk about some of our favorites at this year's festival, things we think people must do. And we can either go try them because they're must-dos, or maybe we can politely argue amongst ourselves to see which ones we think should be on the list and then go try them as well. So I don't really know how exactly this is going to go, but I know you have your books, you've got your lists, 
You've all been here before. I'm going to go ladies first. Lisa, when I say must do at this year's Food and Wine Festival, it doesn't have to be food related because there are activities as well. What is the first thing that comes to your mind and why? So I have a long list of favorite foods, but I mean, I think like the standout booth this year is the same as the, my favorite from last year, which is the Flavors from Fire booth. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff on that menu, and it's I like it not just because it, it's really good food, but it's also really creative, and it feels kind of like what food and wine is all about. Like sometimes you'll eat something and it's delicious, but it's not quite as different from what you might have elsewhere. But Flavors from Fire, it's an interesting story behind it because it's sort of, it goes to like the smokiness of fire and the heat, like the spice of fire is kind of the storyline behind it. It's a really beautiful booth, the setting of it, and the food is just excellent. And so what are some of the menu items? And which, by the way, you're, lo- you're literally looking over at it longingly because we're sitting here right by the Imagination Pavilion, right across from Flavors of Fire. What, what's on the menu um, that for you continues to be a winner? So everything on the menu is really, really good. Um, my sure. favorite, my, it, I mean, that's why it is what it is. I mean, we're, it's a reason why we started here um, in this corner of Epcot. But, like, my all-time favorite at the, at the festival is the same as my favorite at the festival last year, which is the, um, the charred chimichurri skirt steak, which is like a skirt steak on a corn cake um, that's served up over there. And it's, it's really, really good. There's the corned beef there is very good. Um, there's a burger there that's very good. And then they also have that chocolate picante dessert that... Um, that, again, it's just it's like really interesting as well as being really good. Like it's um, it's like a moussey chocolate that's not overly sweet, and then there's like a little pool of like a heat a heat liquid like a hot liquid on it. Not not temperature hot, but um, spice hot. And then it's got like a mango to cut the to cut the sweetness. Um, and then there's paprika in it as well. You said flavors of fire. Kenneth was not only nodding his head; he was doing that like little that little squee meme, like the little girl squeeing. Because this obviously was, you said before, this was first on your list too. Yeah, you know, I think what sets this booth apart, it, it's echoing a lot of what Lisa said, but the other booths in the in the festival, we usually will pick one or two things that we like about them. This booth, everything is a winner. You, you really can't go wrong here. My only regret about this booth is that this year... Uh, the piggy wings are not there unless you get the drink. What's the drink, Jason? Does it really matter? I mean, it, it has it has a wonderful piece of pork that's in. It's just delicious. So wait, so so explain this because it for people who are saying they don't actually put the piece of pork in the drink. No, they literally put the piece of pork in the. Yeah, it's just rested on top of the on top of the cup. You get so, a piggy wing to just remind you of last year, and make you just. A little bit upset that they don't have it this Longing. year. Exactly. It makes you long for times past, nostalgic about last year's flavors of fire. But, you know, honestly, everything on here, I would say my favorites are the, the chimichurri skirt steak and that chocolate picante as well. I, but but everything is great. This, that is, food of, this is food of your people, though, That's really. Right. This is right. what you know and love. Right, because as from the polite pig, you're all about your smoked meats. Yeah, and I do a lot of that at home. And you'll notice that theme today. A lot of my favorites are going to be meat. <laughs> so, yeah. So is the play from Flavors from Fire, really, is it all three? I mean, is it, is it, is it literally, do you, do you walk up and say, make all that happen? I mean, it depends how much you're trying to pace yourself, I think. Like, it's it's definitely, like, the booth with the most to give. Like, it's, and it's all really interesting, just, like, really good food. The corned beef that we we didn't really mention much, but it's served, it speaks volumes that, like, that's such a good dish, but we haven't mentioned it. Um, It's like a, um, 
like a hand done um, potato chip that's got this massive pile of corned beef on it and cheese curls and beer cheese fondue. Um, it's a lot of food. It's a, which is it's actually a really really good value. Okay, so how are the how are the portion sizes and? Um, so the corned beef is a massive portion size. Um, the chimichurri is very generous as well. The chocolate picante is smaller, um, but it's rich. Um, and the Steakhouse Blended Burger is a small burger. It was actually at the Earth Eats. If you if you ate at the Earth Eats booth last year, it's the same one that was there. The burger there is my favorite. If I was yeah. going to pick one thing, I think the burger would be it. I think, too, and it's because of the brie cheese fondue um, and the mushrooms that really... Uh, I think if I had to choose one, again, in the interest solely of pacing, it would be that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's a great thing about this booth. I've been with large groups three times to that booth, and it's always something different It is everyone's favorite. I mean, everyone has a different favorite is a better way to say it every time I go. But is that your – so that would be sort of sort of retroactively asking this question. If, if you could eat at only one kiosk, is that is that the one you'd pick? Kenneth, I, that's oh, – that, No, not no question. Not even close. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's what Food & Wine is all about. It's really interesting food. I mean, there's great, there's a lot of good food that we're going to talk about, but, like, flavors from fire to me, like, the setting is gorgeous, like, the food is fantastic, it's very interesting, like, there's a good mix. Like, yeah, that would be the lines tell the story. There's never not a line there. So Jason's got a different opinion, but he's clearly wrong. (laughs) Well, and this year, too, speaking of, of, there's sort of a theme there, too, because they have... The, the ESPN sports desk, and in the back, they also have almost like a little tailgating picnic area. Um, and if you come to, in terms of things to do, I might as well mention this here, they have this um, tailgate tasting hosted by ESPN Monday Night Football, which is a new event where you can celebrate your love for football and tailgating. And it's a 45-minute program available on select Sundays from mid-September through November 17th, where... They pair some of the food and beverage tastings inspired by the cities of some pro teams that are playing each other on Monday night. So you not only learn how to eat the food, but prepare the, who want, I don't want to prepare them. I just want to eat them. So you can cook them for, again, not cooking for my own tailgate party. That's what Uber Eats and DoorDash is for. Um, if they had a New York Giants thing, I would want a dirty water hot dog and a knish and pizza and things you get from New York. Now, they said this is their number one thing you were also like a little meme you sort of had this pouty face on shaking your head no i just think i i'm, I'm glad this is their favorite because they can just stay here while the rest <laughs> of world showcase is left to me um i if i was going to pick my favorite it would be at this point it would be the italy the italy kiosk because it is I know that Lisa said that this has a little something to offer everybody or it has I mean everything's a standout. I will put this I will put Italy up against this any day. Um, the, it, you start with the ravioli carbonara um, which is which is rich. It's it, maybe a little rich on a hot day, a little too rich on a hot day, but it's fantastic, delicious. Uh, the I don't even I'm not going to I'm not going to slaughter this name, but there's do it do it I, this costini de Mael, i don't know um it's it's a balsamic glaze and oven roasted pork ribs the portion size is is amazing the the flavor is even better um i'm not sure what spices i'm, I'm really counting on on kenneth to reverse engineer the spices for me later so he can tell us what's on it um but it's delicious um the cannoli oh my the cannoli is incredible um it is it is 
the shell is perfect. It's 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 crunchy but not but not brittle. It is it, it somehow stays uh, stays uh, crunchy in the humidity in the Florida humidity, which is great. Um, and then the hazelnut cake, the chocolate hazelnut oh. cake, is um, really a surprise as well. Uh, so I think if you were looking at one kiosk, there's a lot of great food here, which we'll talk about and, and, and partake in later. But this, I think, the Italy kiosk is the winner for me. At least so far. So this is this is sort of our first challenge round because I will tell you that I've eaten in Italy in the past. I skipped it this year because I skipped it too. So we, I can't you know, the, the ongoing joke, the, the, right, the food of my people, and it's it's sometimes very hard to when you're used to something the way it's made at home or in New York or New Jersey. When you come here, that's sort of the barometer by which you compare it to how and now. Especially when you speak so highly of the cannoli, I think this is one that we'll have to go and eat at because we've skipped it. You speak so highly of it, and we'll see. We'll do a tale of the tape. We'll record it and eat it live. It is. It's perfect. Look, it's a. It's a little. Um, it's a little different than your traditional cannoli in terms of the. Uh, don't cannoli. back off now and don't no, no, start no, making it, excuses for the it cannoli. It makes it better. It makes it better in some ways, and it's. Uh, it's the portion size is perfect too because it, it doesn't feel overly indulgent when you're finished eating. Um, it's it's just about the size of a kind of a. If it doesn't feel overly indulgent, then you're not doing it right. It's about the, that's the whole purpose of being here. <laughs> you can always buy two, and then that's 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 why the chocolate hazelnut cake is also helpful because you know just in case you're not full from the cannoli, you can always have that extra dessert. Yeah. So I'll give you my my must do pavilion, and I'll be interested to see your. I've wandered, I've, I've been through maybe two or three times, and while there are individual items that I like, this will probably come as no surprise to anyone listening that the next word coming out of my mouth is going to be Japan. I, I continue to love Japan. I, I think that they, every year they come up with something that's slightly unique. Uh, the teriyaki chicken bun, that sort of bao bun with chicken vegetables and that sweet teriyaki sauce is back. We, we were sort of mentioning earlier, I think someone said it tasted like a sloppy joe. Yeah, I mean, it just tastes bad, but yeah, it tastes like bow stuffed with stuff. That's exactly the right thing. She says it's like it's a bad thing. Right? You're making argument for me. Like, it's so good. It's completely accessible. It's portable. I mean, I'm not a sharer, but you can share it. They have a, a spi- the spicy tuna and salmon sushi roll topped with the volcano sauce. Again, is this, for me, the ultimate sushi roll? No, but is it something that... It's tasty, very accessible, shareable, especially for somebody who wants to, I think, try sushi for the first time. Would it be, ideally, what I would have put on the menu? No. But, uh, and, and so I'm going to sort of go through my list today, almost like a little award show, right? So I don't necessarily have winners and losers and necessarily must-dos. I have a, I have a bit of an award show going on in my head, and the first award that I want to give is the my your mileage may vary award because <laughs> because the frothy ramen is probably one of the most divisive foods on this year's you what are you shaking your head for i i, I don't understand how it could be divisive it is i think of all the dishes i know i, I love the italy kiosk because of everything being good but but the standout for me, this frothy ramen is amazing. If, they, if there was only one thing that I could have come back next year, it would be that. And that's, see, now this is why we're friends. But it, it's, very, it's quite polarizing because I've heard and seen people, yes, no, it's not for everybody. So it's a chilled noodle in a clear plastic mug, which 
again, it's not sort of your 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 grandfather's cup of noodles, but it's served in. Um, it, it's got this dashi broth, which is sort of like the base broth for things like miso soup and and even. Um, um, Oh, yeah, udon soup and, and um, takiyakis and, and other things like that. And there's a foam on top. There's a, there's a, a chilled white foam on top. Like it, it has this umami flavor yes. instantly yes. in the foam, which is just so unexpected. It is it's just delicious. And it has, a, it has a strong soy sauce flavor to it, which is part of the reason why I love it so very much. You Have you tried it? No, I haven't. <gasps> oh, yay! Now I have an excuse to go eat it again. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. I mean, I love it. It's definitely my, my top five easily food items here. Um, and, you know, overall, booth, I wouldn't pick it just because I think there are booths that have more to offer overall. But, no, that ramen is really, really good. And um, there's like a – they don't list it, but it's it's almost like if you've had like a shrimp um, tempura udon noodle soup or something like that, and like you kind of get that like little – like tempura floating in it that breaks off that's in there it's like the, those like tempura flakes it's really good and also um a lot of people are put off by the idea of cold noodles i actually have lived in japan over very hot summers and cold noodles are very popular there as something to cool you off in the heat so it's a bit nostalgic and definitely not as like crazy as some people might think that it is like it is actually a fairly i mean the the foam and stuff makes it more interesting, but as a like, just the idea of cold noodles is um, is actually a very traditional thing. And it's actually perfect. Like it's a really hot day. If you told me right now to have hot ramen or hot cheddar cheese soup, I, I would be a little bit more put off because it's heavy and hot. So the fact that it's chilled makes it feel like it's going to be something that's a little more refreshing than not. Plus, it turns into a beverage. Yeah. And when when you're finished the noodles, you can just get to drink the rest, and it's cool, so it makes it nice. Also, when it's hot, it is. It's lovely. Oh, I can't wait to get Japan so far away right now, but I can't wait to get there. It's super kid-friendly, too. Like, my kids, like, it's it's become one of their go-tos when we come to the festival, and I have two really picky eaters, so that's always nice. And ramen's, ramen's fun. I can't wait to try it. There are a couple of things. I'm hoping you don't like it, because I have no problem <laughs> finishing your food. Well, we can always buy more, like Jason said. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there are a couple of things. There's that and the duck confit poutine that I'm very excited about trying, and I can't say they're my favorite, but... As we were walking here today, I saw and smelled one of them, and I just know it must be mine. Oh, I, I'm all about the poutine, so any excuse to try poutine is fine by me. Any other sort of must-dos on your list that either we have to try or maybe we're all in agreement we don't have to, so we can get a bit of a game plan today? Mexico, the yeah. tostada. So the tostada in Mexico, for sure, I think is like a do-not-miss item. It's one of my favorites at the festival. Is that the hunky tuna tostada? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> What's it's that a- from? Don't do Hunky tuna toast. Oh, come on. All right. I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. Go ahead. What? To keep no, going? No, now, if you know what hunky tuna tostada is, you'll have to email me and I'll send you a, I'll send you some kind of prize. I don't know what it is. Mr. Mom. Isn't that every reference you've made lately? Her alibi. Every, yeah. Just go. <laughs> Blues Brothers or Mr. Mom. Or Stripes. Or Stripes. Um... So, yeah, so the tostada is excellent. Um, the butternut squash ravioli from the Wine and Dine studio and the seared scallops from there are both back from last year, and they're awesome again. But one that I know, like, several of you, a few of you at least haven't tried um, is in Morocco. There's this New York strip steak on a flatbread that we have to get today. It's one of my absolute favorites at the festival. Other, 
I um, think uh, I, 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 there's some. There's I have a long, <laughs> I have a long list, a growing list of, of ones that I haven't tried that I need to try. Um, one of the things, one of the standout desserts was the carrot cake in uh, the American Adventure and the American Kiss. Yeah, it was that was surprisingly good. Um, again, on a warm day, when I had it, it was it was in the evening and it was it was a little rainy, so it was kind of a nice comfort food to have at that point. But um, it's 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 warm when it comes out. It's freshly baked, I think, and and they they pour a a hot. Uh, icing glaze on top of it, which then then hardens, but it's uh, it's really it's really lovely, and the cake isn't too sweet, but so the icing um, pairs nicely with it. So I haven't tried it, but it was on my list to try because to me that sort of screams fall too. Like that that's sort of like a nice. Uh, and again, you've heard me say like I don't like things that are super super sweet, but it's just sweet enough to sort of be a, a, a palate finisher at the end of the night. Yeah, that's something else I haven't tried, um, but am excited to now. I, I hadn't even seen that. I had seen the ramen, but to be honest, had not been attracted to it. I don't get all that excited about ramen. I love it, but I mean, I like it, but I don't love it. And oh, you're uh, going to love that. I can't wait. Yeah. And I think, and again, maybe maybe today is a little too heavy for it to be ideal, but the braised beef in France is is very tasty. It's tender. The sauce is delicious. Um, I actually like the uh, potato puffs, um, unlike some people maybe. Um, but it's a it's it's a it's a nice. It feels like you're having a meal, like it's a, like a full solid meal in a little in a little dish. Um, so I like that. I think it's a standout item as well. Also, I think in Africa, the uh, coffee, I'm trying to remember the exact name of that. Um, it's a coffee tenderloin or filet. Anyway, um, I'm trying to find it in the book right now. But I would recommend that as a uh, yeah, Kenyan coffee barbecue beef tenderloin. That's it. Um, but I enjoy that. I'm not sure I would, you know, die on the hill that that is the best thing in the in the festival but it's what is it a, is it a must do is it like listen man if you're coming to the fest if if somebody listening is coming for the first time or the one time this year is it truly a must eat if you're a meat eater like me it's something that i won't miss as i walk around yeah okay. yeah um so we touched on desserts a bit um so in addition to the carrot cake which i, ha- I haven't had it this year i had it last year um and it was good and we mentioned the chocolate picante but there's also at the chocolate studio, there's the um, the liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle is back. And I, too, don't love, like, overly sweet things and um, really, really like that. It's got a really nice consistency, too. I compare it to, like, a Fudgy the Whale, if you've ever had the Fudgy. Like that, a that's a Carvel fudgy. restaurant for you in the Northeast. It's a, it's a fancy Fudgy. And then... Um, in Mexico, there's a chocolate bread pudding that's it's very rich, but it's really, really good, and it's a really nice portion size. So my, um, my I Share Because I Care award goes to, I'm, not, I'm pausing because I'm not going to butcher the language, Pau de, it's Brazilian cheese bread. It's just Brazilian cheese bread. And look, in the interest of full disclosure, it might not be the most Instagrammable, photo-worthy, like, beautiful-looking thing. It's too sort of nearly baseball-sized balls of fried cheese. Now, that being said, um, it is, um, it's something that you shouldn't pass by uh, because it is a very traditional Brazilian dish. 
Uh, it's naturally gluten-free because they use tapioca flour instead of wheat flour. And it's got this wonderful sharp cheese um, baked right into it. It's got this nice crispy outside, but it's sort of flaky on the inside with that um, hollow center. And I think, too, this is me sneaking two into one. I think it's a nice bridge to get you into Brazil so you can get the crispy pork belly with black beans and warm cheese bread. And the seafood stew at that booth is really I mean, as long as you're there, why, why, you know. That booth kind of, that booth does kind of hit it out of the park. Um, And I haven't loved the pork belly in past years, but really, really liked it this year. So if you've gotten that in the past year and not loved it, it's probably worth trying again. I mean, look, as long as you're there, you might as well celebrate all things Brazil and get a traditional it, it is sort of like the national cocktail, right? The caipirinha is I the national that. cocktail. Oh, I call it like a margarita without the tequila bite. It's it's so good, like on a hot day. It's really citrusy. Um, yeah, it's a frozen drink. Yeah, I really like that too. And the Brazilian seafood stew is called moqueca. Moqueca. Have you tried? Have you been to Brazil? What? I have not been to Brazil or the Brazilian kiosk. Uh, what is wrong with you? It's so beautiful. It's festive with all the flags. There's a nice seating area outside. I we will get the the I can't pronounce them, but we'll get we'll we'll go to. Have you been to Brazil? I've not. Well, yes, I have. I've been to Sao Paulo. Uh, I'll have to say that the food that I, I was talking about there, the kiosk show off. I didn't mean the actual country. <laughs> oh, I thought it was, that's what you were asking. Um, I've been to this kiosk. Um, all of my neighbors here are Brazilian, and my kids' best friends are Brazilian. And I've been over to their home several times and had food, and I've really gotten into Brazilian food. So how does this hold up? How does this hold up? To well, the, the cheese balls, I really like these, uh, the cheese bread. Uh, the ones that I've had in their homes are a little smaller than these, and they do taste different. I buy them in the Brazilian market, but these are delicious. Yeah. And... Um, this uh, stew there is very, very traditional. I haven't tried to make it yet, but I've gotten the recipe from my neighbors, and I'm looking forward to, to doing it. I've had, a, I've had a sort of a Colombian version of the cheese walls called Buñuelos made a little bit differently. So this sort of touches on a bit of, of nostalgic, and it, it's, it's a comfort food. It's easy to eat. It's easy to share. It's also very accessible for kids, too. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to trying it. Um, I'm kind of feeling bad that I passed it up. But it gave me more room for other things in previous visits. I am looking forward to sharing a charcuterie cone with my friends here. Because, number one, it just feels like the right thing to do. It feels very Disney, given that it's it in from? a cone. Where is it from? It's from, this, uh, from the Spain kiosk. Um, and it is, uh, it's, it's, it's portable. It's, it's, there's a good portion size to it. Uh, there's a lot of flavor because of the different meats and cheese. got a great beat. You can dance to it. It's <laughs> Yes. But um, but I also feel like it's uh, it's I think people uh, kind of you know it's pass it by. We've all sort of dismissed right. I, I, you know I've sort of dismissed the charcuterie cone because it seems and if it said cozy cone charcuterie you would you love completely it. different. It's a bit pedestrian for this festival. I'll have to say, but I'm open to try I, it. I do have plebeian taste, so yes. <laughs> I mean, since we are going to have the battle of the booths today, and you're pitting Italy against flame, fires, uh, flavors of fire, oh. then I guess we're going to have to try it and just see how it stands up. Okay. Anything, anything else on your must-do list? Um, I think we've hit the main ones. We could all probably go on for a while longer, but like we've hit my top five. Anybody? Any other quick must-dos? Nope. No, I think we've covered. I mean, 
we, we will be adding things to the list, I'm sure, but this is a... All right, so... The longer we talk here, the longer it'll be till we eat. Right, I'm just trying to make you... It's like a, you're like a kid. I'm trying to make you hungrier, so not that any food's going to go to waste today. So I have a couple other awards to give out, and I'd like you to either let me know that you agree with the, um, with the Academy's decision or not. Um, my Take Your Pick award goes to the black pepper shrimp with garlic noodles in China and or Thailand's shrimp and cold noodle salad. And while you're there, you have to get the spicy Thai curry beef with steamed rice. I'm Listen, I said this when I did the other. This body is clearly built on carbohydrates, so I see noodles and I'm all in. I like China's because there's a wonderful heat and spice to it. And the one in Thailand is cold. There's three large shrimp and there's just enough heat to make it flavorful and not be a very bland thing. And then the steam, the, the spicy Thai curry beef is everything that it says it is. It's spicy. It's like a shredded beef, so it's easy to eat. You get wonderful portion sizes there, so I think they're great values as well. Noodles, anybody try them, like yeah, them, hate them? The cold, the cold noodles, uh, the Thai noodles are delicious, and I think it, it pairs perfectly for the weather. I think my opinion would change in a couple of months, um, but I think this is the perfect dish for this. You mean those four days of January where it gets cool? The, the festival's going to be well, long over by end. then. Yeah, the, the tail end in November, I think. So. Well, before I agree or disagree, I'm trying to understand what the Take Your Pick Award actually signifies. It signifies that there's two different types of noodles and shrimp. You ah. can take your pick. Pay attention, but, Kenneth. But you must do one. Is <laughs> pick, that what you're saying? I am. One, you pick must one, do one. Or both. You can take your pick. Just so you know, if I give you a choice, both is always going to be the correct answer. Okay. All right. Yeah, then I'd agree. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would take the Thai, the Thai noodles over the Chinese. Okay. So they're both. So now we might have to try them both and have like a noodle showdown. <gasps> no, there is no, no losers in a noodle showdown at all. Okay, so you put that up against the frothy ramen. Oh, it's let's, just, come on. Let's be serious. Okay, okay I mean, I'm just... See, I've never tried the frothy ramen, so... The frothy ramen really does sit alone in in every the aspect. of kiosk food. It really... It, 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 will, it will have its own pedestal. It is, you know, we haven't mentioned is the um, the hummus fries in Morocco, which are back oh, from last year, but I they're really, really the hummus good. Fries. I'm looking oh, forward to yeah. tasting the hummus fries. But, and it, it's healthy-ish. Totally. It's right. just a little bit of fried on the outside. Right. My definition of healthy is very, very broad. Um, if it ain't fried, it ain't food. Yeah, so. sing that, brother. All right, so my, my I Love Empanadas, no matter what they're called, award goes to the Ropa Vieja Empanadas at Islands of the Caribbean, which has that Cuban-style braised beef in this very, very flaky dough, and it's super savory and it's topped with this little sort of tomato aioli. I say it's called an empanada no matter where you have it because I also think you have to try at the refreshment outpost the Nigerian meat pie which looks and feels and tastes a lot like an empanada but this one has um, ground beef and has a very strong curry flavor and this wonderfully I got one that was just out of the oven incredibly Flaky and light and delicious, um, like sort of filo dough on the outside. And we'll get to the drink that they have there too, which you can get non-alcoholic, which I like, by the way. Have you tried either the empanadas or the Nigerian meat pie? 
I have not. I, ever since I had my first empanada in Santiago, I've been chasing the next near-perfect empanada. And so I, I never pass up an empanada. And I'm a little embarrassed that I haven't tried either of these. I'm here to help you. If it wasn't so hot, I would hug you and say, don't worry, I've got you. And sort of cradle you like a little baby boy and go, don't worry, we're going to have an empanada. It's getting a little weird. But no, <laughs> getting? I, I, no, I, I dig the, um, the empanada at um, Islands of the Caribbean, too. And then if we're bringing up that booth, there's a jerk spice chicken with roasted sweet plantain salad and mango chutney yogurt there. That's really, really good. Yeah, And actually, the spicy hummus fries were on my list as the my I don't know why I love them so much but I do award for the spicy hummus fries and they're shareable too so although I think you only get three and there's four of us so it's going to be like Hunger Games literally the Hunger Games uh, and my final <laughs> I'll be nibbling on my Indian bread service which we will talk about later as yeah, well so and that's what it, the next so get ready because the next on our things that I think we need to prepare ourselves for is things that you like that you feel that we need to try if we haven't and, and there may be some discrepancy do I have to separate the two of you? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're throwing glances at each other like there's a thing they have a thing about their Indian bread service my final award goes to something that I know none of you have had yet it's the my it's coming soon but please trust me on this one award goes to the Donut Box's Black and White Coffee Cocktail. Now, I was able to get a little sneak preview of this. This doesn't open, this kiosk doesn't open until October 1st. It's going to be over by uh, Test Track. So if you're planning, you need to add this to your little list. It's part dessert, part coffee, part breakfast treat because it's a donut. So there's a... The base of this is a an adult cocktail that has Jim Beam bourbon, coffee liqueur, and condensed milk, which is nice. I'm not a big drinker, but it actually, it's frozen, so it has a lovely, refreshing flavor to it. But it's the garnish. Like, literally, come for the donut, you can throw away the drink. Because the donut is a fresh yeast donut that's sprinkled with chocolate espresso bean crumbles. I'm not normally, like, a big sweet guy. It's one of the flames from the side of my face so good i may have had two or more that's how good it is you have me at donut i mean it doesn't take much to convince i just feel this is a little cruel because we we literally cannot have this today but you live here and you can come here it's like two weeks away listen veruca salt calm down I will bring you back here, and I will buy you all donuts and cocktails. How's that? We're going to have to be satisfied today with the carrot cake and the chocolate pecan, I guess. I even... (gasps) We can come back the day of the Epcot Forever dessert party and have it a little earlier in the day. Now, who's your best friend? Who's your friend that likes to play? If you don't know where that's from, then you need to go home and start watching. Thank you. Inside Out. Greatest movie. Uh, All right. So any others that you are not necessarily must-dos, but that you like and think that we need to try and or our friend that's sitting here virtually with us needs to try? Well, you're you're presenting a classic stopping problem. You know, when do you go for the things that you know you love and when do you when do you go for the things that you haven't tried yet in search of the next favorite? And I tend to stop early on things that I love. And so 
No, I don't have anything else for you. I'm ready to, to eat some of the things we've already talked about. Yeah, it's 12 o'clock, and I have to pick up my children in three hours. I think we need to start eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm hungry. Okay. The only other one that I think I would add that we didn't... Did we mention the loaded mac and cheese at Earth Eats? Oh, yeah. That's so good. It's spicy and smoky. That's, like, can it? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, like it's delicious. It Unla- <laughs> it's, it too, right? It ha- yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't it's it just really good. It's very meat. rich. Uh, I, I would I would obviously yeah, just sharing it with somebody else because it's, it's a good-sized portion and it's very rich, but it's delicious. All right, so yeah. the plan is I have no plan. Let's just go and we'll eat your... Fl- so... You're like little kids. Like we can't. We've all agreed on flavors from fire, but we can't skip flavors from fire. Is that is that the feeling? Pretty much. It's it's up to you. I, I I'm fine as long as we head towards Italy at some point. It's all good. So I think we can't skip. So I think I think because of time constraints, we'll skip flavors of fire. Sure. We could we'll always come back to it, and let's do the things that we need to try and have our little showdowns. All right. good. Yeah. Andale. So we decided on the fly to stop at the Eats stations, the Active, Coastal, and Earth, because we had to try the loaded mac and cheese with the pepper, bacon, cheddar cheese, and leeks. And Jason was a, uh, a, a huge advocate for the Impossible Cottage Pie, which is impossible ground meat with carrots, mushrooms, and peas, topped with mashed cauliflower, white beans, and mozzarella. Oh, that's tasty. That's, that's tasty. That's a bunch of tastiness in a bowl there. That's really good. It's really, really good. The impossible stuff always seems to be tasty, and that's. I'm curious to hear what Kenneth has to say because, you know, he's a fan of, of the meats. Meat, actual meat. Well, as much as I try to avoid plant-based food, <laughs> I have to admit that that the Impossible Burger is is certainly the best facsimile of meat on a plant-based item that I've ever tasted. And this is this is good because they cover it up with a lot of other things. It's like if a Star Trek replicator was to make meat, that's what it would taste like. That's that's like replicated meat, yes. But if it, but you know what though? Because I felt that way about the Impossible Burger. Unless somebody told you, I think it'd be very very hard pressed. Because I've had bad plant based, quote unquote, burgers, which have been awful. Yeah. The Impossible stuff is consistently good. Even the Impossible Burger slider with the wasabi cream and Asian slaw is really really good. Yeah, the Impossible Burgers that they have on property are excellent. Like, it's definitely, you, you would never know if, if somebody didn't tell you that it wasn't meat. I'm just, I'm waiting to eat the rest of this pie. This is, a, but the burger's delicious. Um, but this pie, it's, it's... And it's a nice size, too. It's a shareable, it's a shareable size. But we also got the loaded mac and cheese um, because we've had, yeah. So just take, don't wait for me. You remember, you go shy, you go hungry. I think it's a nice size portion, too. I think almost any more of that would almost be, dare I say, too much. It would be too much and too heavy. But it is a nice shareable portion as well. Oh, it's so good. Think of a nice, a really delicate Dauphinoise potatoes with the leeks. and. Uh, I can't even think of it. I don't know what it is. Well, it's got leeks, which, which gives it a nice um, flavor. And it's also got smoked bacon and um, some type of cheese. I'm not sure what mm. the cheese is, but it's, uh, is it, is it Gruyere or? Cheddar? Just cheddar. Cheddar or, or cheddar. Yeah, it's cheddar. I'm like that Doofenshmirtz good. cheese or whatever you said. It's good, but, but the, the leeks really. While he really talks about it, it, I'm going to eat more. It's also spicy. 
It's yeah. got a nice little bit of heat. If you're a spice wimp, you could still eat it, but it's got a, a nice little bite at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And nice texture with the, the crumble on top, too. And I like the heat. I like a little bit of that sort of jalapeno heat in here. I think this is really, really good. Yeah, it's really, really smoky. The crumble on top is nice. And, like, I wouldn't be put off by us talking about heat. Like, it's there, and it makes it really interesting, but it doesn't, like, continue to build. It's just it's a little kick at the end. Really it nice. accentuates the flavor of the cheese yeah. as opposed to taking it away from it. Sometimes the heat is so overpowering, it makes your face all red, and you're not enjoying the food that's underneath it. No, this, this doesn't linger that long. It almost has like a crystal sauce uh, kind of quality heat to it. And it, it is it is really, the, the flavor profiles in here are really well balanced. It's, it's it's a, I think it's a must-do. Yeah. I do. I, would, I, would, I think if you came to eat, I, I, like if you had to have one thing from the eats area, it would be the mac and cheese. Yeah, this is, this is a contender. It's really good. And it's interesting. Like it's not just, you know, boring mac and cheese. It's, it's like the smoke is really... Like permeates the whole thing, and then there's a little bit of onion in there that gives it a crunch. It's really good. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. This is a must-do, and if you're if you need to avoid meat for some reason, um, I think that pie is also yeah, a must-do. Yeah. I mean, it's the best vegetarian dish I think I've ever had. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole eats area has some really nice options. I mean, you can have like your only like little mini mini. If you only have 20 minutes at the food and wine festival, just come here yeah. and hit the three kiosks. Yeah. Yeah, I like that there's like a like an area for standing like right in the center and then you can kind of divide and conquer with the three booths. And um, we didn't do coastal eats, but there is a um, with the shrimp and scallop scampi over there with sourdough that's also very good. The scallops are so good that like they cook them perfectly. And this is actually lovely at night with the popcorn lights overhead. Maybe a nice little breeze. I, yeah. The um the if you if you get the crab cakes, um I don't. If you can ask them to not put the sauce on top, because um, it really does. It's a nice sauce, but it overpowers the flavor of the crab cakes, which is which is too bad because the crab cake itself is not is a is good by by Disney no, World standards. It, it's not bad. Look, right, coming from Baltimore, I'm a little picky about the crab cakes, but at, but in terms of as it compares to other crab cakes on the menus here in Walt Disney World, it's a good crab cake by that standard. I mean, your Maryland <laughs> roots are side eyeing you a little bit, but. <laughs> Okay, you guys keep talking. This, this bite of the mac and cheese has a nice bit of leek on it. I'm going to stay. It also had my name on it, yo. <laughs> All right, listen, the day is still young. I, I am not. It's getting late, and I'm still hungry, so we need to move on. I can't believe you had that last bite of mac and cheese. So for part one of our empanada, whatever you call it, showdown, we stopped at Islands of the Caribbean, which is located just near the Mexico Pavilion as you enter World Showcase for the Ropa Vieja Empanado with the tomato aioli. This is one I think, have we all tried before? And, and this is, this, no, this is new for you. And? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. I heard, oh my gosh, this out of the corner of my ear. like a standout that I'd never tried before. Oh, that is delicious. Keep talking so I can eat one. It's so good. Like the meat on the inside is just, it's like shredded to to like perfection and then there's this tomato aioli on top that kind of brings it all together and it's got a little kick to it it's got a little, pastry, little bit of heat yeah the pastry is really well done it's hard and this is it's hard to do and it's it's, it's a crunchy but also soft and gooey a little bit it's so, so good this is fun. this reminds me of something um this is so good mm-hmm. and you're right 
the pastry is so light and flaky. It's not. It's like crisp along the edge. It's kind of folded like a like a meat pie or like an empanada. Yeah. Well, it's like an empanada. Well, I'll say the, it's the like pastry is not what you'd expect from an empanada. No, it's it's more delicate than that. Yeah. This is yeah. how they're supposed like to a, taste. It's almost like a philo. This like, is yeah. how they're supposed it's to taste. Like it's like a phyllo dough. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's no. not that like this doughy. This is the real deal. <laughs> this is how empanadas are supposed to taste. I'm telling you, in South America, you you can find like this kind of dough all the time. It's, it's, you can't find it here in the States, and this is, this is good. Really? Now, yeah. I'm a little afraid about the Nigerian meat pie. Because it's going to have to stand up to this, but it's about. But it really is about the dough. I mean, the mm. inside is phenomenal, and there's a there's a there's a warmth and savoriness to it, and there's no heat to it at all. I mean, there's nothing spicy about this. It's a very but it's accessible. I think it's accessible. Like yeah, I mean, don't be put off when we say there's a little bit of a little teeny bit of heat. I mean, it's just enough to make it interesting. It's not. It's almost like the amount of heat you get from pepper, but in a more or, interesting or floppy Joe or something like yeah. that. It's it's. Yeah, it's, it's and that really tomato aioli is literally like it's lick it off your fingers. Together. Good, yeah. yeah, it like brings the whole thing literally, together. Like, literally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We literally I was like, keep talking, so I can lick this off my fingers. Yeah. So good. So this, so yeah, that's a winner, for sure. It's, Does it rise to the level of when you come to Epcot, you must eat this? I, I would I, say yes, because you got to stop for the tostada right across the way. Yeah, and while you're here, member. you better get <laughs> send one a family member over here to grab one. It's not that big. It's it's But it, it's it's I actually it's think good... it's it's not like dumpling size. I mean, it's no, a no. it's a it fills, yeah. you know, how many what is this? Maybe 5 inches or so. It's like it's apple pie. <laughs> Put it in a relatable term. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's a it's a really it's a bigger size empanada yeah. than what I expected it to be. Yeah, it's a good portion. It, it it's 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 I thought it was going to be a miniature uh, empanada. This is, that's a it's a traditional empanada size. It's it's such a surprise. It's a, I, I'm, it's a pleasant surprise. Yes. But did somebody say something about a tostada? Are we supposed yes. to be right there in Mexico? And there's look, there's no line. Should we get two? One, one. Should we go get one? But I think one person should go because we don't want to lose this table. We do have a lovely spot by the water across from what is currently the Odyssey in the shadow of Spaceship Earth, which is currently Spaceship Earth and the the monorail. So you're telling me to stop talking and go get to. All right, I'll be right back. So timing is everything, and obviously there's a method to my madness, because I knew today was, of course, Mexican Independence Day, one of Mexicans, Mexico's most important Fiesta Patrias, which is a patriotic holidays. I won't go into exactly what it is, but um, Viva Mexico. We actually got a nice little brochure that they handed out as well, not just because we ordered two of the tostadas de carne, which is braised beef on a very crunchy corn tostada with mole. Do that again? Oaxaqueño. And chicharron dust, which is like pork cracklings. Um, you started eating before I started recording. I, I didn't get you made the yummy sound. You got to hear this. <laughs> it's, an it's, an it's an ASMR experience. <laughs> no, it's the crunch because the crunch always gives you away. <laughs> no, this Wait, is that was from a cereal or something. Yeah, yeah, that's from Captain Crunch. Look at you. All right, you yeah. talk, Ali. Yeah. So what I love about this is I've just really gotten into Oaxaca region of Mexico and and the mole sauces there, and I've been on this kick around mole sauces and this one. My only complaint is there's not enough of it. There's, um, 
the mole is so good. I just wish they would add a little more so you get that chocolate overtone a little stronger. But this is definitely an excellent, it's a must-do. You have to try it. So I will say, I think that like anything here, and it's understandable, you know, one day varies to the next because not everyone's going to be the same. Because the first time I had this, it did have more mole on it. Um, and it just it gave it that much more of a kick like you like you would want. So I don't know. If you seem short on mole, maybe ask. I don't know. But, um, no, this is the texture of this is awesome. And, yeah, the, the mole is just it's just really well done. Definitely one of my tops. I, I like so the first time I had this, I really enjoyed it. Having it after the empanada. It's it's uh, if you have to choose between one or the other, I'd go with the empanada, which is no, just you wouldn't. Well, if you have to choose, do, you do right. You do both. So I don't think I've had this one because they've had versions of this in the past. I was really surprised how much I liked it, and I as you were talking about the mole sauce and again that 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 subtle chocolate, chocolate that's in there. I'm not sure if I would because. There wasn't a lot of sauce, so it didn't sort of overpower the flavor of the beef. So maybe it's the right amount, but I could see that you can sort of... I need two. Yeah. One with a lot of mole sauce and one with a little bit of mole sauce. But that's a really nice duo factor right here, getting those two. And then, Lisa, obviously you needed to wash it down, so you got the smoky margarita with the pineapple, ginger juice, agave nectar, 100% agave tequila, and ancho rias liqueur. It's served on the rocks with, you said it's like a smoky, spicy, salty rim? Yeah, so the description calls it a spicy salt rim. I actually don't get much heat from it at all. It's more smoky to me, um, and it's called the smoky margarita. So, I mean, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. But, um, no, I mean, I, I could, but it's, I, if I were to get one drink, at, and this is just me, but if I were to get one drink at the festival this year, it would absolutely hands down be this. It's, it's not inexpensive at $12, but... Um, for a festival drink, it's it's a proper drink like you would maybe get at a Disney lounge or something. And yeah, it's definitely like it's definitely my go-to drink for for the entire festival this year. Wow, I didn't know it was like at the tops of the list. Yeah, and I think I think from people I've talked to, I think a lot of people agree. Just keep talking. We're yeah, gonna no, drink try this. it. We're gonna drink some of this while you're speaking. No, it's, it's, oh, it's, wait a minute. No, it's good. It's, it's really really good. It's oh, yeah, it's a nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, and again, I'm I'm not like a huge drinker but there's um, even without the smoky salt that pineapple ginger is it's a really nice not overly sweet combination which is why I like it you don't get really, really any sort of the bite from the liquor because it's a, it's a, that 100% agave so there's a, a wonderful sweetness that's balanced really nicely with that smoke and that little bit of the texture you get in your mouth from the salt. It's like little pop rocks of, of salt. It is. It's really good. I'm, I, too, am not a, a cocktail drinker. I'll, I'll drink some, but usually not cocktails. And But this is definitely worth worth a try. The only thing that would improve it is if it was rimmed with Old Bay instead. <laughs> to Which is huge, huge in Mexico. Trying to get your respect back after exactly. yeah. So... Is I mean, is that sort of the trifecta here? If if you like cocktails, um, they don't have any non-alcoholic beverages here, and I have to assume that you can't get. I mean, maybe you could get that without the um, with the tequila in there, but that it's just sort of pineapple ginger juice. But that's a nice little tri- trifecta in, in Mexico. Yeah, it's tasty. It's uh, this is always a good kiosk. But I think I almost think that Mexico is one that is very easy to walk by. Why? Because people see Mexico, they like. 
Taco Bell, right? I have Taco Bell, I've got Tijuana Flats, and then you walk 50 feet ahead, and you have the, the, the Hacienda Cantina, so like, well, I've eaten at the con- cantina, or we'll sit down and eat there, and you've got the sit-down restaurant inside, so it almost might be very easy uh, and, and tempting to sort of just to walk by and, and pass by Mexico. That would, be, that would be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think as far as, like, creative f- festival food, I think Mexico's been hitting it out of the park the last few years. Yeah. And we didn't get it because it's a little early for us to start with the sweets. But there's a chocolate bread pudding at this stand that if you do want something sweet at the festival, it's a, it's a really nice serving, and it's very, very good. It's good to share, too. So it's a, the portion's pretty, pretty yeah, good with that bread pudding. The thing about that tostada, though, I have to say, the fla- the flavors are so subtle that you may not appreciate them during a theme park visit, just standing at a table with your kids, you know, being noisy or whatever, and people all around you. Whereas the empanada, the flavors are so bold, and immediately you love it. Um, the tostada, you kind of have to really focus on it and pay attention to what you're tasting to to enjoy it i think yeah i think almost we kind of did it and we did it in the wrong order because i think the tostada is so light and it's it's really really good on a hot day because it's very light it's not overpowering um and to eat that and then eat the empanada you know to increase so if you had only if i said kids you can only have one what's the one thing you get from mexico tostada the tostada from mexico the tostada yeah and i say empanada but empanada is not Mexico. Oh my gosh, that's right! So I can have them both. Yay! Yes, <laughs> Sorry, we ate at the same table, so I got I got excited. All right, because there's also the pork belly here and the chocolate bread. Oh, see, I'm I'm I had two sips and an empanada, and I'm drunk already. All right, let's keep moving. So we passed by China and did not get the uh, black pepper shrimp with garlic noodles because I think we made a decision on the fly. That in our noodle showdown, the idea is just to get either or both when it comes to Thailand and China. Um, the line for China is consistently long, and I wonder if not just because the food is good, but it's something that's understandable, accessible, it's comfortable for a lot of people. However, just as you approach the outpost bridge, we encounter India. This is where things get interesting, and we had to get not one but two orders of the warm Indian bread with three different sauces. There's a pickled garlic, a mango salsa, and coriander pesto dips, all of which are vegan, according to my little guidebook here. They all come in, sorry, vegetarian. They come in at 475. We also ordered the mango lassi cocktail with, I'm sorry, oh, just the mango lassi. So it comes in non-alcoholic and alcoholic versions. We went non-alcoholic, much to the chagrin of my table mates. But so this is interesting because there seems to be a split between some of my friends and guests in terms of their opinions on India. Now, Jason, you made a beeline and said, we're getting the warm non bread and, and I'm going to convince you. Give me your thoughts. I spoil alert, but give me your thoughts on India. I love India. I've been to India. India is a friend of mine. I too love India. <laughs> but but I think there I think there's a little Let's speak specifically to the marketplace kiosk. It, I think that from a flavor standpoint, in, uh, the India kiosk offers uh, a unique flavor profile compared to the other kiosks. And if, if someone's not familiar with Indian food, or maybe they've been hesitant to try it, I think this is this is a, a interesting, a good place to start. There are some things I I like the bread service here because I think it is um, 
uh, it's accessible. It is. It is. Uh, you don't get a huge so such a large variety that you don't know where to begin. Um, and it's a good opportunity to just try something for for less than five dollars. Now there may be some dissenting opinions at the table. <clears throat> for example, so I love Indian food so much, and I beg you, if you've never had it before, don't start here. <laughs> like. I, there are very few things that I just outright don't like. And I had this last year, and I hated it. In fact, I don't even think I ever even wrote it up. I just hated it. And then I had it again this year, thinking that maybe last year was a fluke, like it couldn't actually be that bad. And So I, I want you to explain, hate's a pretty strong word. So explain not just the degrees of hatred, but what is it about it that you <clears throat> dislike so very much? I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night, but, like, it's just, it's... Like, a good mango chutney is one of my favorite things ever. And this is just, like, it's sour and, like, vinegary and the coriander. Like, none of these mesh well. And even the naan isn't, like, that soft, good naan that, like, you find at a good Indian restaurant. So, I mean, it's just... The mango lassi is lovely. I've had the mango lassi cocktail before, which is with, like, a chai liqueur. That's also lovely. Um, But the food at the India booth, I would... I personally would skip. But that being said, I'm super curious to hear what others have to say because... Well, I, I can help you out because I see Kenneth literally winding up on the pitcher's mound. Yeah, please. Yeah, my word for this booth is institutional. That's what it is. The food is institutional food. It's similar to the quality you would find in a college cafeteria. Or, the you know, like the sauces are things you could buy in the international section of your local grocery store. The rice, it's sponsored by Uncle Ben's, so the rice is all just Uncle Ben's rice. It's very, very run-of-the-mill, nothing extraordinary. So I'm now, to be clear, I have not tried this yet, so I have no opinion. I have no horse in the race one way or the other. My question to you from playing devil's advocate, because it's why my parents sent me to law school just for this, is it made this way because of where it's located to make it something as accessible to a maybe not so adventurous American palate by not making it overly spicy, overly different. They need to have some sort of a familiarity because I think what would happen is what does happen, which is a lot of people walk by India afraid to try something that is possibly wildly different where you think India, you think it's overly spicy and my wife doesn't like spice, my kids don't like spice, let's just pass by. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I, I, I do agree that um, the quality of uh, most of the food at the kiosk is not on par with what you'd find at even half-decent Indian restaurants. But I would, I'll go back to argue that if you are not familiar with Indian food, I, this is where I disagree. I think that um, this, is, this, is, this is a good place to start because it, I, I think from a palate standpoint, it won't turn off anyone who hasn't experienced Indian food before. And it's a good entryway into trying that again. Right. Is it something that will, if you try it here, don't stop shaking your head. I'm not done with my question yet. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. If you try it here, will it possibly invite you to say, hey, when we get home, we should go try Because I, I will tell you, that's what happened to my family and I when we were on, you know, I've told the story, you know, we talked, we had some Uh, Our servers on the Disney Cruise Line were Indian. We were talking about having never had Indian food. They brought us some of the food they eat um, in in the crew quarters, and we loved it and came home and said, now we need to go and try Indian food. 
is that sort of what the purpose? You're still shaking your head. Okay. I'm not even do, you know, do you know how you feel when some of your best friends who've never been to Walt Disney World they come here and they hate it because they didn't make any plans for their vacation and they just stood in line and it was hot and they hated everything about it and they didn't get to enjoy it. If you try this as your first Indian food experience, you will be, you will come away and say, I don't like Indian food. So I think that like. I mean that we talked about. It. I mean, there's a line. There's a reason there's a long line at the China kiosk, and I think it's a large portion of that. I mean, some of the food is good, but also like it just is very accessible. I think like Japanese food is becoming more commonplace around the country, and so yeah, like Indian food, you know, like many of the kiosks here probably isn't going to be something people storm to if they're not familiar with it or you know culturally, um, you know, palate, you know, adventurous. That being said, like to me, like whether you've had Indian food or not, there is nothing more accessible than like a good warm piece of naan with some mango chutney on top. This just doesn't taste good to me. And so I'm really curious. All right. So I, again, I have no steak. Look, but when I, I will tell you that when I see naan bread and when I see Indian, Sanaa is where I go to, right? Sanaa is where, I mean, I think Sanaa is literally worth making the drive for just for the bread service. But that being said, here, hold this. Yeah, no, I'm to be fair to Jason, while we've been talking, this naan bread has been getting cold. Okay, so maybe it wasn't as good so as So what it is was this one in this is the five garlic, minutes ago? Which one is this? The this garlic. is the... Mm, I, I, yeah, that's... Just, that's the this garlic. Is the, this is, this is, that's what we're... Pickled garlic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's fine. It's, pick, it's exactly what it says. It's yeah. pickled garlic. Um, it's in a yellow... There's almost a hint of curry in there, too, because it's in a yellowish sauce. It's got a turmeric. Like yeah. So, I think it's fine. I'm, I'm not going OMG. I need to run back and get this. This is the. I'm going to go save mango for less. So this is the coriander. The mango's going to be sweetest. So I'll finish with that. This is the coriander pesto. Coriander's better, but the non bread is stale. So I like that one. I, I like that. There's a little bit of a spiciness to it. And sweet. It's got that. I have a, a tingle on the back of my palate, which I mean in a good way. So. So I do think the coriander is the best this of the three. This is delicious. I, I, I wouldn't say this is just passable. I would... This is good. So, I, yeah, I like that one. And it reminds me of Sanaa. There is there's there is one like that in Sanaa. Let's get to the mango dip. Coriander is definitely the best of the three. So I think it's fine. I think there's a subtle sweetness. Don't don't roll your eyes. I mean, give me this. There's a subtle sweetness to it. When I tasted that, my first thought as a parent was, my kids would try that. My kids could eat that. That is how I get my kids to try Indian food by saying, that's a sweet mango. There's nothing spicy. It literally, it, it's it's like a mango. I don't want to say. say it's, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's not foul, but it's. It's institutional quality food. Coming from somebody, admittedly, who has eaten Indian food at Indian restaurants and has been to India. I, having been to India, <laughs> this is good. This is decent food. Okay. This, is not, this is not what you would get in India, and it's not what you would get in an Indian restaurant. Although the, although the, uh, the pesto, maybe. The um, coriander pesto is delicious. So the, this, is not a, this is not a must-do for me. It does not qualify on my must-do list. So... Um, I'm, you know, I'm the Switzerland of this part of the conversation because I am in the middle. I, I like the bread and I like 
the um, I like the coriander dip. The pickled garlic is fine. It sort of just sits in the middle somewhere. And I think the, the mango salsa is, like, I can see my kids. I, I'm actually, my kids are adventurous eaters, so I can see them liking this. The yeah, so try that. So the mango lassi is, no, is what what's in it? So do mango. we know mango and lassi? Lassi, oh, that's you're like so a helpful. Yogurt. It's a yogurt-based drink. Um, I don't know how this is actually prepared. So this, I don't know whether this is vegetarian or not. What's, I'm blanking on the name of the spice. What is that spice that's in baklava? It's um, cardamom. It's heavy. It, that has a lot of cardamom in it. it that's wonderful. Which is, it depends on the preparation of oh. the lassi. But yeah. I love cardamom. Oh, that's not what I was expecting at all. In a good way? Or a... Try it. Yeah, that's really nice. The cardamom adds, there's a, there's a warmth to it. I, I don't know how to describe it. Almost, almost a little... Almost a little Christmassy. It's like it's yeah. got a little nutmeggy flavor. Yeah, it's the um, no. I, I, it's it makes it really interesting. That's actually, I don't know if that was in it last year because um, okay, I don't remember. That this is better than a Dole Whip. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. I, I like this. Okay, just after everything wow. I've said about the India booth, that drink is very redemptive. Uh, don't eat the food, but that that is a great drink. Wow! Just. just yeah, it's, it's just better than a Dole Whip. It's a lot more subtle. It has, um, it's equally refreshing. That mango is really, really good. It's it's delicious. It's fascinating how what opposite ends of the spectrum you are on at a single booth. Mm-hmm. And Kenneth, sorry, Jason is still eating all the bread. And, and it actually has chunks of mango in it. Yeah, it's yeah. not just the That's it's not I just like the frozen. Problem. It's yeah, it's it's wonderful. Today, and also, it's worth mentioning that there's a um, there's a version of this available that has a chai cream liqueur. In it that I bet would be wonderful. I really, really, I'm finishing it. No one else is drinking. I, I think it's delicious. Yeah, it's good. Look at Kenneth, off of the end of. So again, this is your mileage may vary. If you've been to, I would be very, very curious. If one is India, something that you would be willing to try, and if you have, let me know your your opinions on it. And obviously, we'll we'll talk about this show and these booths. Um, in the Box People group on Facebook. If you go to www.com slash community, we'll have the conversation there. I want to see if the conversation in the group gets as polarizing as it does here at the table. Uh, but from here, we need to cross the bridge. Um, I felt the rains down in Africa and go over to the refreshment outpost because you need to have the Nigerian meat pie yes. to compare our, our Nigerian no. version of the empanada. I think we should also say that all of the other things we've tried, we have been unanimous in our love for them. Everything else has been good. This was the controversial booth of the day where we had some disagreement. It's podcast gold. Yeah. <laughs> so we've made it over to the refreshment outposts for our empanada Nigerian meat pie showdown. As you can see, the sizes are about the same. There's no sauce on the outside of these, but there is a inside, it is a ground beef um, and, a, and a curry type flavor. It says beef on it. Does it say? Oh, it does. So the, um, so the pressed sort of outside, you're right, it has like a pattern and, and says beef. <laughs> Yeah, which scares me just a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> it's not beef in quotation marks, right. so I assume there's actually real beef. <laughs> and, of course, we also got, as a beverage to wash it down, we got the non-alcoholic version of the Savannah smoothie, which is coconut milk, agave, 
And you get an alcoholic version for about $11 that has an Amarula cream liqueur. So we just cut it in half and saw already that the outside is very crunchy, very flaky. And Kenneth, your first impression was? It smells more Indian than the Indian food we just tried a minute ago. It has a lot, a lot of curry. To me, it reminds me of a little samosa, a little beef samosa. I don't know if there's curry yet because I haven't tasted it, but it may be curried. It's nice. It's got like a phyllo type texture on the outside. I mean, I, I will say between this and the empanada, the empanada, you know, hit, oh, you know, hands down. hands down, no question, is is the winner. But this is nice. This is good. Yeah. So there's a little yellow curry. Um, it's it's tasty. I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't go out of my way for this like the empanada. I'd agree. I think the empanada, going toe to toe, head to head, apples to apples. I think the empanada wins. I think this has a, it's got a nice curry flavor, again, without it being overpowering. Sometimes a little bit too much curry is, is a little bit off-putting. And it has a similarly flaky, delicate sort of phyllo crust. I mean, it's better than a Hot Pocket, for sure. <laughs> That's Kenneth's official review is, it's better than a Hot Pocket. Don't, it, I mean, this is a meat pie. Don't come here looking for an empanada, because this the, the, the pastry is not, it's not nearly empanada-like. It's much more... Um, it's 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 more flaky. Um, it's not as uh, it's not as uh, doughy on the inside as you would like to see with an empanada. Um, but this doesn't it doesn't it, this doesn't advertise itself as an empanada either. To be fair, it, it's a meat pie. It's not an empanada. It's it's fine. I mean, it, the empanada is is the one to go for, I think. But it almost has a little tiny bit of sourness mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. That it's like a yogurt or something yeah. in there. That's the Indian left residual. Better, I mean, it's better than the India booth. If you're hungry and you can't only go to one of the two. The so, so basically, Lisa and Ken's review is it's better than a Hot Pocket and it's better than the Indian booth. Yeah. I think the curry in here is nice and subtle. And the yogurt kind of sourness in it is good. Um, but if you're going to choose between this and the empanada. It's not a must-do. It's nice. It's not thrilling, but nice. It's not a must-do. And then we also had, like I said, the, the Savannah Smoothie frozen drink um which has a um a whipped cream on top oh this is so the the cream i was expecting something completely different having tasted the whipped cream which i think has like a coconut flavor to it it's not that underneath um oh it's like cinnamon it's uh, it's cinnamony 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 cinnamony, um or maybe nutmeg um Interesting. It has almost like a fall type yes. flavor to it. Yeah, it does. Um, but it's refreshing. It's cool. It's um, it's a slushy. It's 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 refreshing. It's it's like a dessert. I mean, it really. Right. It's like a, It's kind of like this uh, uh, exotic snow cone kind of flavor to it. it. Tastes almost like a chai. Uh, again, yeah. like an Indian, like a go come here instead of. <laughs> this is this is the Savannah smoothie. All right. Yeah, it's not it's not a beverage you would have like to wash it down. It's almost um, it's again, there's a, it's almost yeah like a dessert drink. Yeah, it kind of tastes like a rice pudding to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I this is um this is tasty. No, it's <laughs> interesting that the the comparison, the contrasting between the two. Again, not necessarily must dos, but I wanted to compare empanada versus the Nigerian empanada. Yeah. 
And uh, I was going to say, to be to be fair, like we got it without the amarula, which is the liqueur that's supposed to be in it, which I just looked up for the sake of it, and it's a sugar cream and a, a, an African fruit. So there's definitely a flavor that's Missing. not here that would normally be in the in the alcoholic version of the drink. It also goes to show just how nice that tomato aioli was on top of that empanada, uh, too, how much it added uh, to it. You want to go back there? I do. I want to be there right now. We're not even halfway around the booth, so we gotta we got to move. I mean, I'm still looking for this Italian booth everyone talks about. The Ask and ye shall receive. Look, right there. So our next stop takes us to Spain, located just across from the miniature German train village. And this is one that I think it's we sort of hesitated because it, as we were walking by, it made me think of like the meme, like the guy sitting at the table going, charcuterie in a cone, change my mind. Because you're a huge proponent of it, Jason. Not so much everybody else around. Now, I haven't had this yet. And admittedly, clearly I love me some meats and cheeses. That screams like the holidays to me, standing around the kitchen table eating nothing but shaved, cured meats and lots of different cheeses. You 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 you're fighting for this one pretty hard. This is uh, well, I, I think this is as advertised. It's a it's charcuterie in a cone. That's exactly what it is, and it's good charcuterie. So I don't think there's anything uh, that's extra special about it. I just think that um, if you're looking for something that you can grab and go and share with somebody else, this is this is a good choice, and it's not uh, I don't, it's not terribly expensive um, by charcuterie standards. It's uh, and it's. It, it, this will fill you. If you eat this whole thing, it will fill you. It, it is, it's, it's substantial. So. so it has imported Spanish meats, cheeses, and olives with what we can see is already an herb vinaigrette on some of the cheeses. And it's a, it looks like there's almost like a, a prosciutto-style yeah, meat, almost like a sausage, yeah. like a sliced sausage. Okay. So, like all right. Kenneth, you, you are the meats guy, so I'm going to... Grab a fork or use your fingers. It looks really good. The thing I'll say about it is it looks difficult to share because if you take a bite, you're taking all of something. So And? uh, Well, I mean, apart from being rude, which doesn't usually bother me, I feel a little bit um, tentative. Have you had this yet? So I haven't had it this year. I will say that what's in there looks better than it did last year. year. Last year it was more like just hard salami meats and, like, softer cheeses and... It just didn't mesh well. And I don't know if we mentioned that when they say in a cone, it's really just a paper cone that holds it. It's not like it's a bread cone. Um, so I'm curious to try it this year. And I, I will say, like, if you're on, like, a low-carb diet, like a keto or something, like, this is one of the only things at the festival that you could really eat all of because it's just olives, cheeses, and meats. So I'm curious say to try prosciutto. it. I can say the prosciutto is really good. We'll you ate the whole thing. You ate the whole prosciutto. Just one bite. I told you. I asked permission. Jason said See, I think the way to share this is everyone take their favorite thing. So I, I mean, take next. So I will. Little cubes, little bites. There's, there would be no way to share yeah. the prosciutto. I will say it. it I agree. It, it looks better than it did last year. And and look, when you're serving thousands of the same item every single day, for there there is going to be some degree of variation in the presentation, um, especially because of. You know where it is and the, and the way it's served, and the number of different chefs that are sort of preparing it. But it definitely looks better. You can see a lot of the herb vinaigrette on the cheese. Uh, I am actually, I am not an olive guy. I know my last name ends in. I know my. I'm not. I just never developed a taste for an olives. But 
I will eat that piece. Thank you. I'm going to do... I'm going to take that piece of cheese right there. Oh, we have three oh. pieces of sausage. So we can each have some. I am an olive fan, so I'm going to... Yeah, it's 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 definitely much better than last year. And like Jason said, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's if you want some meat and some cheese, yeah. You know, so I, there's nothing unique about this. It's, it's it's it is literally what it right. It is what it is. It's charcuterie in a cone, but I would, if I wanted charcuterie, I would go to to the Gusto Wine Bar, and I would sit in there and have a proper one. I was but, just going to say, do they have a good wine? Because <laughs> this this demands wine. Yeah. They, do have, they do have wine there. I don't know what they... We'd have to go on. So they, do, they have a wine flight. They have a... I'm not going to try and pronounce it. There's a Lagar. Here, you pronounce it. Um, a Lagar de... Oh, this is your department right now. No, no, I don't, I don't do Spanish. Spanish. Spanish wines. De Buza uh, Albarino. Albarino. And a Casa Castillo Monastral, which is a Jumia. Yeah, this is not helpful at all. And a California... And that's a Catalonia. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on, obviously. They have a Grenache. Uh, So for Grenache uh, fans, um, uh, that actually is a good Grenache. Uh, It's a Catalonia Grenache. Yeah. So, I mean, this is absolutely not a must-do for me unless you're an absolute charcuterie, you know fan so it, it's fine for what it is but i don't think it's i would not spend a stop how much did there. this cost i knew you were gonna ask that 650 650 it is definitely worth 650 i think compared to the other value and uh, amount of food that you get i think it's very very good charcuterie I'm like Lou. I'd rather sit down and have a board and some wine and maybe a little bit of uh, bread. But I think in this case, Jason redeemed himself. This is good. I don't. I, I would. I'm, I'm going to save my six fifty for for down the road. Yeah. Well, I think if if you're in the mood for charcuterie, this is a good option. This is definitely cheaper. Char- I mean, it tastes good, but from an expense standpoint, this is actually more affordable than most charcuterie you're going to find in a sit down. Yeah. Restaurant here. And the yeah, I think the, the charcuterie at the apple seed orchard is, I think, the same price. I mean, this is fine. If I, I honestly, my answer to this is like, if you're keto or on a very low carb diet and you're trying to be with your friends and walk around the festival and eat, this is a great option. And that's yeah. that's about it. It tastes fine. Yeah, you have sausage, prosciutto, uh, olives, and cheese in a very nice uh, vinaigrette, and it's all good quality. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's good quality. I'm really enjoying it. All right, well, finish that on the way to Italy because I think that's where it's going to get real interesting. So our next stop takes us to a pavilion that I will sometimes pass by because because I'm Italian, I have a lot of Italian food at home. These are things that, that I can and sometimes do eat quite often. The Italy menu actually has five items on it. There's a ravioli carbonara, which has a Parmesan and Pecorino Ravioli with egg yolk, cream, and bacon, which you really can't go wrong with. A costina di mali, which is a balsamic glaze and oven-roasted pork rib. A crispy chicken with marinara sauce. A traditional Sicilian cannoli. And a chocolate hazelnut, that's Nutella, cake. uh, All ranging from about $4.25 to $8. Now, what has been sort of the the overarching opinion here? This is fantastic. This being? uh, uh, this, This entire kiosk. 
This and Spain are the two rooms I have not hit this year, so I have no opinion. Chick flick. Didn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, honestly, I'm willing. I will take one for the team, and we get them all. Okay. (laughs) There was literally no argument. They're like, yeah, okay, we'll just do all of them. All right, so we are in Italy, and literally I walked up and said all that, uh, make it all happen. Why don't we just go right down the list? We'll start off with the ravioli carbonara, which has multiple types of cheeses. It looks like there's, I guess, two or three large-sized ravioli. Kenneth, you're a huge fan of Italy pavilion, like, top to bottom? Yes, I am. I love this pavilion. I've actually never eaten at this booth in the festival. But what I see in front of me, I am so excited. I think Jason may change my mind about fire, uh, flavors of fire. This, I've got to tell you, this looks more delicious than any of the food that I've seen. It is. It looks wow. great. I'm, I'm so looking forward to you guys tasting this. So just, yeah, don't just, just start good. digging in. Go ahead. I just had this yesterday, so I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about this. So I will tell you, presentation-wise, I the, the thing that surprised me when she handed it to me were the uh, costini di male, the balsamic glaze and oven roasted pork ribs. Like, that's a sig... Like, that's like two pounds... Like, I'm not kidding. It's like a pound and a half of ribs. There's a lot in there. That will easily feed two people. Oh, without a doubt. So so you guys talk ravioli. The ravioli is amazing. It's very fresh. It tastes like homemade pasta. Um, It's very cheesy, but it has these lardons or I'm not sure what they call that in Italy, Lou. You can tell me, but they look like lardon and... Pancetta. And, yeah. It's like pancetta. It's it's Italian bacon. It's really good. Crumbled up on top of it. I just can't tell you how good that is. Yeah, that's really wonderful. It's it's very fresh. And, um, and I will say, like, one of the main reasons that I tend to skip this booth this time of year is because Italian food just doesn't call to me when it's, you know, Central Florida hot this time of year. Um, but that's very light. It's not. It's it's not nearly as heavy as I would expect it to be. It sounds heavier from the description yeah, than it tastes, and yeah, it's lovely. Right, when you hear like a, like a carbonara, like cream a, a cream sauce, it feels heavy, and it's not. And like the word that's right is is fresh. Um, these don't feel like these were frozen store bought ravioli that were thawed out. They yeah. feel like they were homemade yeah. in terms of. The texture, how light they are as well, too. Sometimes ravioli can be exceptionally heavy, and that's not like that at all. Um, yeah, so it, that's something I normally wouldn't get, just because, again, I have ravioli a lot at home, but that's very, very good. And, and the pancetta on top is is wonderful. So next, we're moving over to the crispy chicken with marinara sauce. And I mean this in, in, in the best possible sense. They are, for all intents and purposes... Chicken fingers, right? They they are the same sort of size and shape as chicken fingers, served with what looks to be a light marinara sauce on the side. I think this is chicken parmesan. Mm-hmm. It's like a, without the cheese. Without the cheese, it's like a veal cutlet. So it's just chicken. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, but it's it's breaded and fried the way you would yeah. for parmesan. There's a nice Italian spice mix in there. Tastes like a calamari with chicken. Like it's that it's that sort of tomato sauce spiced dip and the breading. It's it's this is really good. So this is good. It's my least favorite thing at the kiosk. And I know we haven't tried the ribs yet, but um, but I think my kids would eat this. So it, it 
and I'm going to qualify this. So don't the, the, the takeaway quote is they're not Italian chicken fingers, but they are in terms of if you are here with your kids, that's a way to get them to try that. They, they look because like it is, chicken fingers because yeah. it's a very uh, moist and tender piece of chicken, very very lightly breaded. Look, the flavor comes not just from the chicken, but from the seasonings on the breading. It made me think of the way my grandmother used yeah. to bread basically everything. Yeah. And then the, t- t- the dipping tomato sauce, which I'm happy was not poured on top, is wonderful. It's not too thick. It's not spicy at all. Very, very accessible, very easy dish. And again, a really generous portion size. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of really good breast meat. Yeah, oh, that's, that's traditional Italian. Oh, you're not very hungry? Here. Here's four <laughs> pounds of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, despite the name, it is not crispy. Yeah. The breading is soft, uh, but it's delicious. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. But so, so Jason's like, all right, those are just sort of the warm ups. Those are really the appetizers okay. towards the balsamic. I'm still going to eat this last ravioli. You can have that. I am amazed at how many ribs there are in here. And look at the. It's all at, meat. It's all meat. Color. Oh, look at the color on this. The caramelization on the the skin. It's just. Oh, it's so good. Why don't you pick it up? It's got a nice handle. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. I'm trying, so to be, trying to be polite. Oh. All right, stop cutting the ribs. Just, just pick it up with your hands and eat it. Pick the ribs up. We're That's how they're meant here. to be eaten. There you go. Just coming That's from it. the guy who eats ribs with knife and pork. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This is pork belly. It's not pork belly, but it tastes like pork belly. It's so rich and fatty <laughs> and delicious. And it's got a nice char on the outside. Mm. It looks like a caramelized kind of a mm-hmm. a sweet um, coating that they put on it before they charred it. Think pork belly. It's delicious. Yeah, it's it's very very good. I will say it's you know it's fattier than I would normally go for, um, but it's delicious. It's it's yeah, it's very it's, smooth. It's not that pork belly that's got the too much texture for me it's it's yeah it's delicious it falls off the bone there's a lot of meat here it's it's not mentioned it sounds like it tastes like there's a wine reduction that's used in the balsamic on on the side that they caramelize Mm -hmm. yeah this it's it is the richest fattiest pork belly is that you would ever eat that's what it tastes like Mm -hmm. but it's a rib it's not belly meat so that's the perfect description and i will tell you my grandmother never made anything like this back on ocean parkway in, in brooklyn it doesn't taste like something I would expect for in, at an Italian dinner, for lack of a better word. It doesn't, I mean, obviously, I've not been to Italy. I don't know. But it, you're right. It is sort of a, a, almost a sweetness on the outside of the pork belly. I agree, too, that there's, the, there's a nice balance of meat. And look, a lot of the flavor comes from, from the fat, but it's not so fatty that there's a textural issue in, in your mouth. Um, and again, there's an absolute ton of it in there. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's enough for me, actually. And if you've ever seen me eat meat, that's a big statement. I've, I've seen you eat Have meat. Have you had it yet? Have you tasted this? I just did, yeah. Okay. When you I was making sure because he's going to devour yeah, this. I'm, I'm Kenneth like, will inhale this in I'm two seconds. I'm cutting this just to be polite, but I know I'm going to eat that other half, too. And again, like, I mean, there's still... You know, sometimes you order ribs and it's 70% rib, 30% meat. There's a lot of meat on, on these bones. Um, I'm yeah, I'm impressed say, with the flavor and, the again, the portion size. For you barbecue aficionados out there, 
the, the meat does not fall off the bone. It holds the bone, but it tears away clean, which is exactly how you'd be trying. That's what you'd be going for in a barbecue competition. It's so great. clearly for you two guys, it's an absolute must-do? Absolutely. And, you know, in terms of the overall sophistication and the flavors of the food here, I think I'm going to have to go with Jason and say this is better than Flavors of Fire. I mean, Flavors of Fire is great meat, but this this is more than that. And it's also, this this is great. You mean the ribs or the booth as a whole? The booth as a whole. The ribs were every bit as good, maybe better than what we would have at Flavors of Fire. And you haven't even gotten to dessert yet. Yeah, and we've all, and this pasta, um, you know, I would say Jason's right. The chicken cutlet is the least favorite thing, but it's still delicious and kids would love it. It's all lovely. I mean, I will say that since the pasta, it's, it, it's in all honesty a little heavy for me to be eating, you know, at this time of year, you know, standing here in Epcot. Um, it's, it's delicious. It's very, very well done. Um, it's, it's, it wouldn't be my go-to, but I am definitely glad I tasted it. And I think one thing we had to say, and we should have qualified at the beginning, having done this for years, as we continue to walk around and try and do this all in one day, and as we get more full and the sun is beating down, it's going to make things taste not as good as they would be if it was the first thing we were eating. Kenneth is not agreeing with that at all because he's eating those ribs like he's been on a deserted island for years. You just cut up the chocolate hazelnut cake, which is vanilla cake and chocolate hazelnut marscapone cream dipped in chocolate. It almost looked like a malformed Mickey bar when it first put it in the... Yeah, that's what I thought when I first saw it. I thought it was almost like an ice cream bar of some sort, but um, it's it's a cake inside, and it is it's delicious. It is so good. Oh, Kenneth's not even near that. He's like, uh, he's still, oh, that's very nice because it's, it's so room. much lighter. It's not what I expected it to be. It's a very light, fluffy, flaky cake with a um, uh, that dark chocolate, almost Nutella-like flavor on the outside. Yeah, it's funny. When they gave it to us on the stick, I thought something must be frozen in it because it has that look. It looks like a frozen chocolate-covered thing on a stick. Um, it, it's very good. I'm not a huge chocolate person. I do like Nutella, and I'm not I'm, I'm not getting a ton of hazelnut, I don't think. But it, it, it's good. If you're a big chocolate fan, you'll absolutely love it. It's not my favorite dessert here, but it, I'm sure it would be somebody's. I'm excited to try the cannoli. So you might as well just, because you can't basically cut a cannoli, so we have to sort of just be all friends here and just bite into it. Mm. I like the cake. I mean, how can you go wrong with cake on a stick? Exactly. The cannoli, I'm excited about the cannoli. The cannoli, I think. The cake's delicious. The cannoli, I really enjoy the cannoli. Let's see if you can pick up the flavors that are in there without looking... <laughs> so I took a bite of it and it instantly took me back to my grandmother's house Ooh. and Bavella's Bakery on Avenue X where she would go on Sunday mornings and get mm. fresh cannoli what's remarkable about it is the cannoli shell it's a lot of times you'll get a cannoli shell and it's almost stale it's very very hard yeah. and super flaky and crunchy it's not supposed to be this is very, very light. It still is, is very flaky. So you don't have that textural contrast between the crunch of the outside and then the cream in the middle. You get a little bit of that um, uh, anise um, flavor and that, that tiny little bit of uh, 
chocolate chips on the outside. Is there a hint of, there there's, ginger in there? There's a hint of orange in there, orange, actually. Orange, that's yeah. what it is. I knew there was something acidic yeah, which, at the end. Which could turn some people off if they're not into the orange. But I would actually try it. Like, if you're, if you're not a huge fan of the whole orange in your desserts uh, flavor, I think it's worth trying because it's, 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 it's subtle. subtle. It's yeah, really it's subtle, good. and it's, it is delicious. That's what it, the, the candied yeah. orange. Yeah. I just read the book, and you're exactly right. Which is also another... I, again, being at my grandma's house, they would have the chocolate-covered oranges, the sort of chocolate orange slices, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to know it's there to be able to place the taste. Um, but, no, it's it's really good. It's not overly sweet at all. Um, you know, the shell is, is, you know, just the right texture. And I'm always impressed at festivals like this where they're just putting out massive amounts of, of something like a cannoli that they can be putting it out consistently um, and not have it be getting stale or soggy or, or anything like that. So, yeah, that, that would be my choice dessert at this point. Which is what I, ex- I honestly expected it to be, like a store-bought cannoli where the shells have been sitting there for hours, if not days, and it... Not that it's stale, but it, they get hard. It gets hard very quickly. Yeah, this is delicious. It's uh, And it's on par, I think, with what you'd find at Vaccaro's in Baltimore as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is delicious. I don't know if the listeners can tell, but there's a level of excitement around this table <laughs> that has not been here yet today, even with the empanada and the tostada that we had earlier. I mean, my level of excitement is just up about tenfold. This, this booth is absolutely a must-do. Everything here is delicious. So I'm definitely, my mind has been changed in terms of, because look, Italy was honestly not a stop for me. I would look to see if there was something unique, exotic on the menu, and normally I would walk by. Where I think Italy is going to really shine is uh, nighttime, mid-October, when it's a little cool outside, you've been walking around, you're hungry, right? And then you literally order, I mean, you don't have to order all the things on the menu, but you certainly can to share because of such a wide variety of the the meats and the pastas and the chicken and the desserts. You can order all five. And- you order everything, especially if you have kids, you get the chicken as well. And then you do it around 6.30 so you can grab a nice little spot to sit and watch Sergio, his last performance of the day, just as the sun is setting. That's what we do. That's that's the perfect meal right that there. Yeah, perfect. it definitely is better than it being the 18th thing that you've ordered in the middle of the afternoon when it's 95 degrees. But you did it. You've, you've changed my mind about Italy, although I see Japan in the distance. Yeah, and I, I, I can take the point that it's heavy food on a hot day. I don't understand that, but I can I can take that. I've heard that from a lot of people that that is a thing. But I should don't don't let that dissuade you from eating it. I'm just saying, like, in a perfect world, that's yeah. sort of when I would eat it. I, I would have this for a dinner time portion as opposed to maybe even a lunchtime portion. Yeah. I could eat here three meals a day. It's great. Did you say something about Japan? I think I think somebody did. <laughs> so a tip for approaching Food and Wine Festival is to do as I say, not as I do. It's probably not in your best interests to try and do your own eat-everything top 10 walkabout all in one sitting because we have finally landed, collapsed here in Morocco with what will be sort of our last few bites of the day. It's hard. Now, we said earlier, as the day winds on, especially when it's warm and you eat more and more, you, you almost can't eat anything else, and you certainly won't appreciate Everybody other than Jason certainly won't appreciate it. Lisa fell asleep at the table. We left Kenneth four kiosks behind, and Jason is still eating literally everything in sight. 
so we stopped at Japan for, you know, my feelings on the frothy ramen. You also got a teriyaki chicken bun, which is the steam bun with the chicken and the vegetables and that, that very nice and sweet teriyaki sauce. It's delicious. Yeah, it's really good. It's a, it's a you know, like a bao bun, but with a, um, the teriyaki, the teriyaki chicken does taste a little like, um, like a, a mamwich kind of consistency, and but it has that teriyaki, sweet teriyaki flavor to it, which is really... It's really nice. This is good. I'm, I'm, I'm full, but I am compelled to eat more of this. I'm staring at... I almost said I'm staring at your... Bu- I'm staring at your teriyaki bun. <laughs> Be clear. And I sort of want to take a bite out of it as full and as warm as I am because I know how good it tastes. And we have the frothy ramen, which we're going to save so Kenneth never taste. But we also stopped in Morocco. Um, we, I think we all at the beginning sort of mentioned the spicy hummus fries. And I think I had it, I gave my award. Like, I don't know why I love them so much, but I do. And you had one for the very first time. Yes, yeah, tasty. I, I, I wasn't sure what, I, what to expect. Um, it's, it's essentially a falafel, um, but with the, some nice, uh, it's like a drizzle of chipotle sauce on it. And as well as a salsa that's made up of cucumber, tomato, onions, um, it's uh, tzatziki sauce. Tzatziki yeah. sauce. Yeah, it's it's uh, so it's 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 nice. If you like falafel, you'll really I think really enjoy this. Um, and it's got a it's 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 firm. It's it's like more firm than a normal falafel. Uh, uh, but it's tasty. It's a good little snack there. And we also ordered the New York strip steak shirmula flatbread. And by ordered, I mean we walked away. Lisa's like, "You sure you don't want it?" <laughs> and then when she's like, "We're getting it," and went back and got it. So you're obviously a big fan of. Um, the strip steak flatbread that has that um, very light sort of tomato sauce. Yeah, I love it. I think it's one of my favorite things at the festival. It's not a complicated dish. It's There's nothing like crazy about the ingredients. It's just kind of what I think of when I think of just solid, good Moroccan street food. Um, yeah, I love it. And I knew Jason hadn't had it, so I wanted him to try it. Um, so it's yeah. So that's at the table and definitely a favorite. And the hummus fries are, are really good. I actually like them more this year than I have in prior years. I think they're they're like bigger mm-hmm. the piece, so you get like the ratio of like outer crispy fry to like inside hummus is um, is is different and, and just better to me. And then the um, tzatziki and cucumber and um, chipotle on top are just nice and light for for a hot day. So. They're really, really good. I know, remember like the first time I got them a couple of years ago, I was expecting to be served like French fries with hummus on top when I heard like hummus fries. And they're not. They're like blocks of hummus that are fried like you would fry a falafel, but much firmer. Um, and then with the, with the stuff on top. So that's, that's always a favorite. So we didn't actually get to, again, it, it's really, really hard or you need to plan your day out. You space your day out more than trying to do it in, in a couple of hours, which is how long we've been here. We didn't get to... Belgium, but I think we agree that we. I, I like the waffles there. Do you prefer the warm chocolate ganache or the berry compote waffle? Or are you going to go like way off and get and, and prefer the beer braised beef with smoked gouda mashed potatoes? So I'm a fan of the berry. I mean, that being said, it's just whatever your preference is. I'm not a huge chocolate person. I like the berry tartness a little bit more, but they're both really good. Um, but I will say, like, the, the um, beer braised beef is. I really, really like it, and the mashed potatoes that are served with it have a smoked gouda mixed in. It's really nice. So, um, I mean, it's not like a do-not-miss-this item. None of them are, but um, but they're all really good. I, I, 
again, it's a waffle with berries, but there's something about it that I that I like because I think this the savory warmth of the waffle, it's not so it's not super super sweet. I haven't enjoyed the I haven't had a chance to enjoy the the waffles yet, but I did have the braised beef there yesterday, and that was most delicious. The portion's not as large as we've seen in some of the other kiosks. Um, the mashed potatoes are really delicious. And that being said, I, I will tell you that as we've been sitting here, you know, getting ready to, to leave and, and go about the rest of our day, and by rest of our day, I mean take a nap somewhere, I'm like, can I really go to Brazil and get cheese bread and just take it home with me? Like, well, if I walk to, like, one of the shops, will I, can I just give me a bag and I'll take it home and have it later? Why not? Okay. There, they also have a crisp. I, I like the crispy pork belly there with the black beans, uh, and I don't think that I've had the seafood. I didn't have the seafood stew this year. Last year, you had it's it last a, year, and it's the same. But it's it is really really good, and it's um it's like a is it coconut? It, it the um it's a it's a really really light cream sauce, um and it's very nice. And I think I had said before that I enjoyed the pork belly more this year than I ever have before. So that booth um, is a home run, you know, on all three. So we, I don't, is that, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly, but the um, Kaiparina, the drink right. there, um, I joke that it tastes like a margarita without the bite of tequila because um, it's that same, like, citrusy, summery, frozen drink. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a little size like you would get at a lot of booths here at the festival, but it is a nice option. So we obviously didn't, didn't make it over to France. I, I'd be curious on a day when I'm not so full to try the fondue. I've had the escargot. In the past, you had the fondue. Yeah, yeah the fondue is delicious. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd try it in the middle of the day just because it's heavy. Um, but it's very good, and you get the little uh, crostinos. Um, uh, it's it's good. And <laughs> if you're me and you run out of bread, uh, then you then you just eat the rest with a spoon. I literally shamelessly. I drank the cheese. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be wasteful. It's, it is. It's not good. Um. You know, Ireland is is always a uh, an overall fan favorite. I, although I do miss the old. They used to have the they had the the cottage pie and the, or the the seafood stew, um, appleseed orchard inside the Canada Pavilion is a lovely space in terms of a place. First of all, it's air conditioned. Um, they've done a nice job, sort of. Um, it almost looks like a, a carnival slash wedding pavilion inside. Um, I had the frozen apple pie non-alcoholic drink, and it's exactly what it sounds like if you check my Instagram stories. It was wonderful because it was like this, it was almost like having frozen applesauce with cinnamon on top, and then you get to the bottom, and there's little pieces of apple. It was I, I it was analogous to getting to the bottom of the cereal box and getting the prize on the bottom. I didn't know that they were there, and I was like, oh my god, this is so awesome. <laughs> Plus, you get the prize of air conditioning as well. <laughs> that too. Yeah. That too. But I, I like it. And there's a lot of different cocktails and, and ciders and, and flights in there as well. Although there's no, um, there is food at the, there's a charcuterie and cheese plate. And the, the caramel apple popcorn, which is a fan, it's the Instagram favorite because it's served in a little plastic apple. It's pretty. I mean, the space is pretty. It's air conditioned. It's in. They're they're redoing the movie in O Canada right now, and it's if you know that space, that's where it is. Um, and I, I'll say, like, if you're at the festival, especially if you're at the festival with kids and everybody's hot and tired, it's kind of a nice sort of stopping point to relax and refresh, have a beverage, and um, and just cool off. And there's um, there's actually a Kidcot stop. If you're familiar with the Epcot Kidcot stops, there's a Kidcot stop 
directly outside um, with, with booths where you can sit and still have the air conditioning kind of wafting from inside. So it's a good place to kind of regroup if you're with children and just or, or without and just need to kind of cool off for a little bit before you move on. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna wait for um, Kenneth to wake up from his nap, and we're gonna finish off our day with our our carrot cake from Hops and Barley in America, which I think is a it's a fitting end for our our walkabout around the world. But I do want to hear from you. The idea of doing it and and recording it this way live is to make you feel as though you've been walking along with us without the <laughs> the oppressive heat and humidity. And I want to know what is your must do at this year's festival. Now, I have been sharing as I've been here a couple times on Instagram and on Facebook, and some of you have responded already. I asked in the Facebook group what your one must do thing to eat, drink, or experience is because we didn't even talk about Party for the Senses, um, some of the other activities and seminars and celebrities that are here. Uh, Jeremy Goff is really looking forward to the frothy ramen. It sounds weird enough to be good. Jeremy Goff, I'm literally staring at it across the table. I promise you, you are going to love it. Matthew Halpin says, my wife loves the, oh, the butternut squash ravioli, which we had, I think, last year, and the Chinese dumplings. I never met a dumpling I didn't like. Uh, He likes the cheddar cheese soup in both Ireland and Canada, which I agree. It's just today is a tough day. Today is a tough day for cheddar cheese soup. Uh, Some people are just looking forward to being here, coming for the first time. Ryan Donahoe is a huge fan of the lobster roll. It's the best from America. He says it's the best thing I've had there this year, and I'm up to I'm up to five. Oh, he's had five lobster rolls already. Good for you. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of you. A lot of people looking forward to the lobster roll. Uh, Gene Sabrowski Pisheki says the teriyaki chicken bun, which Jason just ate all by himself is on my list because they were sold out when she tried uh, to get them last year. A lot of people are looking forward to seeing Illuminations for the last time. Brian Walton, the carrot cake in America. We're going to take one for the team. And the schnickendugen. Schnickendugen. I don't know what that word is. Schnickendugen. I think you mean the noodles. I think he means the noodles in in Germany. Um... And then we also had some people on Instagram resp- reply. Aaron Carroll Demler on Instagram, you get a gold star because you gave me your top 10. Here's Aaron's top 10 very quickly. The korma chicken in India, which we did not have. Did you have the korma chicken? I have not had the korma chicken. But Marinated I- chicken in Thailand. Nitro chocolate truffle in the mm-hmm. chocolate studio. Yes. Thumbs up. Steakhouse burger yes. at FFF. I don't know what's FFF. Flavors Oh, there you go. Hummus fries right there. Morocco jerk chicken in the islands, lamb chop in Australia, which I think one of you said lamb chop really good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's an on the bone. It's on the bone. Um, in prior years, they did it with that mint pesto that was really nice. It's different this year. They do it with pomegranate seeds and stuff, but it's good and it's one of the prettiest things I'll say at the festival as far as the serving presentation. Which and presentation is definitely. I mean, it, it's very much a Japanese thing. You know, you sort of you you start eating with your eyes first. She also likes the carrot cake, the butternut ravioli, and the taco puerco in Mexico. And quickly pulling up Instagram, let's look back on a couple other comments as well. It's interesting um, to see what some of the consistent favorites are for people. Um, Fred from Get Me Coding says, The pavilion is looking forward to the Caribbean offerings. Anything scallop, beef, and chicken. The cider experience in Canada says, Kristen Kaldrick. 
and Madison May Rose just wants to eat her way around the world in cheesecake. So overall, um, now having tried some things you hadn't tried before and revisiting some favorites, your your must-do. You you come to Epcot once a year. You can eat only one thing or one kiosk. Where do you go? So, I mean, I'm... I loved a lot of things, and I did love Italy. It was wonderful. For me, the one must-do, like, location is still Flavors from Fire, just because I think it's such a unique setting, and the food is really interesting, and I just love everything at that at that booth. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with my original answer. That oh, so then said, your favorite new thing that you've tried that's all now that now is on your list? So the ravioli in Italy was actually my... I'm shocked because... That's like the last thing that I normally crave on a hot day like this, especially like several booths in. Um, but that was lovely. It was really, really light and well done. Um, the ribs were great there. Um, what else? The chicken and the chicken and the cannoli. So yeah, I think at that booth, my personal favorite or the, everything was great, but my personal favorite at that booth was the ravioli, and I that was one of the booths that I had not touched yet. And also the charcuterie cone was surprising. No, absolutely. Jason's taking full credit for the no, charcuterie you should cone. take full credit because we wouldn't have had either of those booths, I don't think, if you hadn't been with us. Um, particularly because the charcuterie cone last year I didn't like nearly as much. So that was really nice. Jason, uh, any new favorites? Still the one place you would go? If I had to pick one kiosk, it would be Italy. Um, even though that would mean missing the frothy ramen, which is still my favorite thing among everything I've tasted so far. Uh, but I think I think the Italy Pavilion really provides um, everything is good. Um, but but if you're not a meat eater, you can have the ravioli. If you're not, you know you can have the chicken fingers. If you're not really into the other stuff, I think it's um, they don't call them chicken fingers, but, but that's essentially what they look like. Uh, I think everything there is really good. Even the desserts um, are standouts. But uh, I don't think I don't I don't feel like my mind was changed with anything today. The chick this is my, my first time having the um, the chicken bun from Japan, and it's this is delicious as well. So and the Moroccan flavor. There's nothing. So the Moroccan uh, is uh, Moroccan options are are very good, very very good. There's nothing surprising about them, but. But I already like that flavor profile. Um, so this is this is really good as well. Yeah, I mean, I love being able to be introduced to to new things. Japan, I think, still remains my my overall favorite. Um, at least I'm consistent, right, in terms of going back to what I love. Um, there were definitely some hits, a couple things that maybe missed the mark for me personally this year. But that's the beauty of having 40 kiosks to go to. You can't. You certainly can't try them all, and I think it's a great way to introduce yourself and your family to some new things. Uh, before we wrap up, and by wrap up I mean share the carrot cake. It's not a carrot cake cookie. It's a carrot cake bunt. It's like a little carrot cake bunt cake. Um, where can people find you and your foodie photos? Um, so my blog is thecastlerun.com, and I've reviewed 20 of the 30 booths so far. Everything is personal preference, so you might love something that I don't or vice versa. But um, I do put all of the costs and dietary information and pictures of everything and then at least, you know, what I think of each dish um, on there. So I know that's helpful to some people. Um, and then I'm on Instagram as the Castle Runner, um, And you can find me on Facebook and my group and page as well under the Castle Run. And... Jason, where can they soon come to find you? 
They can. Uh, so on Wednesday, September 18th, we're going to be. So when this airs, by the time this airs, it'll be op- open uh, here with themagic.com, uh, where we'll be. I want to kind of surprise everybody, but there's going to there's going to be a lot of immersive content, uh, video that is uh, hopefully going to connect uh, Disney fans with the place that they hold dear when they can't be here. Um, you can also find me uh, here with Magic on Facebook as well as Instagram. And I'll put links to all those on, uh, I know your social stuff in the, uh, in the show notes as well. Um, there's still more eating to do, but again, I want to hear from you in terms of what your must do is or the thing that you are most, if you could only be here and I could treat you to one item from one kiosk or one marketplace, what would it be? And look, if it's an experience, that's fine too. Um, I'd love to know what your favorites are. Either come to Instagram.com slash You'll find my picture of Japan fireworks at night. We have that conversation going there as well as already in the Box People group at www.radio.com slash community. Lisa, Jason, Kenneth, thank you guys all very much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is always such a nice thing to do together um, each year. Really enjoyed it and looking forward to eating the rest of the food in front of me. If they had a place where you could spend like $10 an hour to like go inside air conditioning and take a nap after food and wine, would you go do it? Yeah, I most definitely would. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So full, so sleepy. So we woke up Kenneth from his food coma and shared the, what, the remnants of what was left on our table, which were the Moroccan hummus fries. We also had the Moroccan uh, strip steak, uh, shamula flatbread, the Japanese uh, chicken teriyaki bao bun, and the oh-so-very-delicious frothy ramen. And then we finished the entire meal day off, uh, not with the nap that's coming next, but from hops and barley the carrot cake and cream cheese icing. Any th- anything you haven't had here before? Yes, almost all of this that's on the table I had not had before. And I'll tell you, the things that I would not have tried but for this group, and I'm very glad I did, there were two plant-based things we had today, which I thought were both good, the Impossible Burger Pie and these uh, hummus fries, I think are both... If I'm not mistaken, there's no meat in this, right? It's delicious. Um, they're spicy, um, but but very good. Um, the chicken bao bun, I think, is definite favorite in the Japan pavilion for me. That's de- delicious. I also like the cold ramen. Um, and this dessert from uh, the America pavilion was just tremendous the carrot cake i'd highly recommend that so has your must-do list changed any add-ons if you can if if you were home and it could only come to epcot and eat one thing or from one marketplace has your as your flavors from fire choice changed i think it has changed and i'll have to give jason credit for exposing me to the italian booth this year because it really is good as much as i like the flavors of fire the fact that they deprecated the piggy wings and the fact that the italian booth came on so strong this year i would say if you're going to be here this year that's the one booth and i think that we are all in agreement that um do as we say not as we do in terms of the way to approach uh epcot is is 
especially not in three hours, but it's really hard to try and eat as many places as whether it's 10 or in our case, 20 plus um, things in one day and to try and space your day out and, and either plan ahead or just sort of wing it as you feel. But uh, it's hard trying to <laughs> it's literally hard trying to eat this much in such a short period of time. If you say so. <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth is literally the only person I'm still, still eating. I'm still ready for the duck confit poutine. I mean, if you guys can come with me, I might walk around there. I, uh, I'm, I Listen, I might tap out. But then again, if I actually see the duck confit poutine. And look, like I said, there's still places that we hadn't hit that I think need to be you know touched on again and experience and that's look that's part of the fun of food and wine is you can go in and and try things you might not normally go to a brazilian a moroccan um, restaurant otherwise but for a few dollars you're able to try it and see what you like and don't like and as we were saying earlier it might be sort of your gateway to going home and saying hey maybe we should try indian food maybe we should go out and you know go to a brazilian steakhouse oh absolutely um, that's the that's the fun of the festival. Everybody's going to have a different favorite. People are going to disagree on what's what's best, but one thing's for sure: you're going to have a lot of fun being in the park. You're going to have a you're going to eat a, a lot of good food. And if people want to find you or eat with you, other clearly they can find you at, at Epcot Center, uh, eating your way through the World Showcase. But if if they wanted to find you anywhere otherwise, uh, social anywhere otherwise social. Yeah, um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, feel free to connect with me there. I'm, a lot of you have from the move to Orlando show, and I really relish meeting new friends, so definitely connect with me there. All right, maybe we can try the duck coffee. I mean, it's right there. It's a digestive, really. It's really... <laughs> it would almost be offensive to the duck if we didn't go. I think it would be an insult to Canada, honestly, if we didn't want Yes. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see or hear. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney Prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I wanted to combine my love of the Disney attractions with my love of Walt the Man. And I asked you to tell me, at what two Walt Disney World attractions can you see and hear... Walt Disney. Now, first, I want to thank the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and even if you didn't get it correct, I want to thank you for entering and playing anyway. But the two answers I was looking for is, first, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, where on the screens outside the actual attraction, Walt and the Sherman Brothers are sitting by a piano singing A Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. And second is Walt Disney Presents, formerly Walt Disney One Man's Dream, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, where there are a number of clips where Walt is either talking about the movies, animation, and specifically Epcot Center. Now, a few of you did say The American Adventure. Now, technically, it's not correct because while you can see an image of Walt in The American Adventure finale, 
when Golden Dream is being sung, you can't actually hear him. So technically, it's not correct. I wasn't trying to be tricky, but I found out that it was tricky. If you put American Adventure, chances are I included you in the random drawing anyway. But I did randomly select one winner from all the correct or correct-ish entries. And again, you're playing for all of my digital products, which is my 102 ways to save money for Nat Walt Disney World book. All seven of my audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom, both of which, by the way, still available in iTunes and Amazon. A WW Radio vinyl sticker, a WW Radio pop socket for your phone, and a WW Radio t-shirt. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Annie Naldo. So, Annie, congratulations. Thank you for playing. I have your shipping information because you use the online form. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because you're, here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. Now, I've technically already given you the question during this week's segment. As you probably heard as we were walking and laughing and eating our way through World Showcase and Future World, I talked about Hunky Tuna Tostada, which is actually not a menu item at this year's Food and Wine Festival, but it's actually a quote from something Disney-related. So that's your question this week. Where is Hunky Tuna Tostada from? You have until Sunday, September 22nd at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and again, you're playing for all the the digital products, the books, the audio tours, a vinyl sticker, a pop socket, a t-shirt, and I'm also going to throw in a mystery prize. I've got lots of cool stuff in the prize closet from the grand opening of Galaxy's Edge, exclusive stuff from D23 Expo, some things from the archives, and a few other mystery prizes. I will randomly select one and send it to you if you're the winner. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so, so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you spending and sharing your time with me. Speaking of spending and sharing time together, I want to invite you to not one, but two special live shows this week. First, this Wednesday night, I'm going to have a very special guest, artist, illustrator, my friend Chris Eliopoulos, who's going to be joining me to discuss his new book that he just illustrated for author Brad Meltzer called I Am Walt Disney. We're also going to talk about some of the other books in the series, Chris's career at Marvel, lots of other stuff and more. That's again this Wednesday night, September 18th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. Also, please join me this Saturday live from the Indy Disney Meet. I'll be traveling out to Noblesville, Indiana for a really fun, wonderful, huge Disney fan event. I'm going to share not just what's going on on the show floor, but on the stage. There are some Disney friends, some celebrities, a few familiar voices and faces, a few surprises and more. I expect to get started probably around 12 or 1 o'clock Eastern. The best way to make sure you don't miss a thing is by going to www.radiolive.com, turning on notifications and see first in the Box People group so you don't miss a thing. Speaking of staying connected, let's connect on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. I've been sharing a lot more on Instagram and my Instagram stories recently, and I've got a few other things that I'm working on as well, so please make sure that you follow me on Instagram. Again, I'm at Lou Mangiello there. Speaking of friends and family and community, I want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. 
I, as always, sincerely and greatly appreciate your love, your support, your help, and your friendship, as well as being able to give back to you every month. I want to thank some of the new members who've joined, the hundreds of you who are part of the Nation family, including Joseph Ballesteros, Donna Levin, George Huang, and Joshua Schmitz. If you want to help the show, and trust me, it is greatly appreciated, and also get exclusive rewards every month, including every month I create a brand new scavenger hunt from the parks and the cruise line. We have a private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, and monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. Also, we do exclusive live video group calls where it's not just you watching me on screen, but we're all on screen together. They're a lot of fun. To find out more, you can visit www.radio.com support. And please remember that while this is completely optional, it is a great way for you to help the show for as little as a dollar a month. And that a portion of the proceeds from your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, to find out more, you can visit www.radio.com support. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, feedback, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. And again, as much as I love connecting with you online, on social, in the nation group video chat, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do meets of the month every month ish in Walt Disney World. I know it's been a crazy few weeks, actually a couple of months. I haven't been able, just with my travel and work and speaking schedule, to get a meet the last month and a half or so. I am desperately trying to figure out exactly when and where I can do it, but tentatively, I'm going to have to do what I talked about last week is do my very first, not only midweek meet of the month, but I'm going to combine two of my favorite things, a meet of the month and a live show. Wednesday, October 2nd at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. We will get together in the parks at a hotel at Disney Springs somewhere. Time and exact location to be determined. We will not only combine the meat of the month, but you could also be part of the live show as well. To find out more about other upcoming events, go to www.radio.com slash events. We have more cruises coming up, meets of the month, adventures by Disney, events that I'm planning in Walt Disney World, as well as events on the road as I travel to speak. If you visit lumangelo.com, you can find out if I can come to speak to your event, your conference, or even your school. I can custom craft a presentation about customer service lessons we can learn from the Disney parks, leadership lessons we can learn from Walt, new media, social media, live video, podcasting, following your dreams and pursuing your passion and anything that works best for your event, your business, or your school. Again, visit loumangelo.com to find out more. And if I can help you turn what you love into what you do, there's lots of ways we can do it with one-on-one calls. I'm now forming a new weekly mastermind group where we meet virtually every Tuesday night. I also do events as well. I have momentum coming up in Yikes, just over a week. I have my mid-year retreat. I'll announce dates and locations for those probably in the next couple of weeks. And stay tuned again for a few other things I'm working on as well. Listen, the bottom line is if I can somehow help you, we'll figure out what works best for you. Just visit loumangelo.com or email me, lou at www.radio.com. Speaking of help, I want to thank Becky Mankin and the entire team of Mouse Fan Travel for their more than 11 years of help, not just to me, personally with my travel and the show but for what they do to help you go not just to any disney destination but really anywhere in the world and it really is not just because they'll ensure 
that you get the best possible prices, but it really is about the personal attention and service that really is their hallmark. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com. And thanks to little Timmy Foster and his team over at Celebrations Magazine. You can subscribe and order back issues at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend, and you, you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Invite your friends to join our friends to be part of the community and clubhouse. And if you can take 30 seconds just to rate and review the show over on iTunes, it's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like KKane32 says it's a great source of Disney info. The podcast is a fantastic way to pass the time until your next Disney trip, giving you plenty of information and history behind the parks. I was never a big podcast guy, but when I found Lou's podcast back in January, I instantly got hooked. He enjoys food as much as I do, if not more. And I'd be lying if I didn't say, if I didn't use some of his recommendations for my next trip in September. Keep up the great work, Lou. KKane32, let me know where you ate and how much you enjoyed it. Chris Anderson 75 says it is a Disney lover's dream podcast. WW Radio has changed my life. Wow. Lou's uh, love and passion for all things Disney makes every episode fun to listen to. Lou helps me sit back, relax, and enjoy my day at work when I listen to him and his friends and family talk about the new things coming to the parks and the mouth-watering food reviews. You're welcome for this week's show. Lou makes everybody feel welcome and makes everybody feel like a friend, whether we've met you or not. It's funny because it's true. Thank you so much for all that you've done and continue to do, Lou. Your hard work and dedication is greatly appreciated by this Disney enthusiast. And Steve Swirk0482 says, WW Radio is the best. If you're seeking out the best Disney podcast, look no further. Lou's personality and love for all things Disney, from the parks to the history and, of course, the food, are infectious. He helps to bring that special Disney magic every week. I've recently started listening and couldn't be happier. We'll also host many others that add their own special touch to this amazing show. It's all here, waiting for you at WW Radio. Oh, why not? One more. No Sam 116 says WW Radio is so good. Lots of O's in there. Love the energy and the pace of the show. Lose enthusiasm and descriptive nature carries my imagination through as through Disney as if I'm experiencing the magic with him in person. Thank you, Lou. Keep up the great work. No Sam, Steve, Steve, Chris, and K Kane. Thank you. Thank all of you who have left a rating and review. Again, go to just search for WW Radio in iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. I'll give you a link right there as well as instructions on how to leave a review. And finally, and most importantly, thank you. Thank you. I am giving you like the biggest, warmest, Baymax-like hug I ever could virtually I, because I appreciate you so very much. And I'm not just saying it because... I'm recording the show. I want you to know I think and I feel that every single day. I love you. I appreciate you. And if there's some way that I can help you, please I, I, let me know and I will do everything in my power to do so as a small token of my appreciation. But I hope that this truly is your best week ever. I hope to see you Wednesday night and Saturday afternoon. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Sean Croft from Long Island. I just finished listening to part two of the top little things that you and little Timmy Foster missed at Walt Disney World, as well as the rest of us. And I, I have to admit this to you. I didn't know that the I'm going to Disney World song is a full song. 
and that it played on their radio station. I only ever heard it on a 1993 vacation planning VHS that, I'd like to say, to this day, I still watch. I will watch that before I watch any other vacation planner in regards to Walt Disney World. I don't care that it's outdated. I love it, and I grew up with it. But they played I'm Going to Disney World on that VHS tape, and I thought that that little chorus was all there was to it, and I've literally been saying for over 25 years, I wish this was a full song. Now, thanks to you, I have to go hunt it down. In other words, I'm going to lose sleep tonight. Thanks a lot, Lou Talkie. Hi, Lou. It's Christy from Chicago. I just got done listening to your show about the little things that we missed from Disney World. And I have to agree, I 100% uh, <laughs> remember that dry powdered soap and actually went to a restaurant recently and found it in the bathrooms and just had so many flashbacks to my time in the 90s at Disney. Um, but my other thing that you guys didn't mention um, was also a 90s thing in Epcot, the talking drinking fountain, that magical voice that would start talking to you when I, as a young child, would decide to satiate my thirst. Um scared the hell out of me, but it was so much fun, and I definitely remember it, and my family getting a laugh when I fell victim to it, so just wanted to share that. Hope you guys have a great day. Hey, Lou Mangiello, this is Chloe Willis calling. I just got finished listening to your one of your latest episodes, um, Things You Miss About Disney World Part 2. Of course, I listened to the Part 1, and I just wanted to do one. Thank you for everything that you do. Over and and I'm a Disney fan, because without you, I was going to the world and start a different life um, with nobody else but the Disney World family that I knew had back me. But moving on, you know, sentimental reasons, you know. But, but anyway, um, with the things that you missed about Disney, as I was listening with my sister, we just wanted to say things that we missed about Disney World, um, was the Electrical Light Parade. Uh, it was awesome, and we were just sitting there listening to the music to it, and it, <laughs> as the news. Also, we also wanted to say that we missed the name changes to um, Hollywood Studios and MGM, you know, sentimental reasons where you'd call the parks, different things, as you drive up and talk about it every single day like we do. Um, but, yeah, we also missed the Disney Magic Hat and of Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood Studios now. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to call and tell you all, my thing, all about that. And um nervous. This is my first time calling. I love Disney. I love you. I love your podcast. And keep doing it all. You're doing everything that I want to be doing, and I'm excited for the future. So, We'll see. Um, take care, and we'll talk to you, I guess. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Hey, Lou and the WDW Radio Nation. This is Kent Jensen giving a call from uh, north of Seattle. Hey, I uh, can't wait for all the news to come out of D23. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went last time, but missed this time, so we're a little sorry we missed this time, but uh, can't wait to hear all the exciting news. Seems like there's going to be a lot of park information this time around. Uh, but we are ex- excited about your coverage and can't wait to hear all the stuff that you have to say about it. 
we're also excited. We just uh, booked our uh, our trip down to uh, see the full Galaxy's Edge after they opened the Rise of the Resistance, and we got all that booked. So we are excited and can't wait to see the the whole part of that park of Disney Studios to see what it's like after they fully finished it. Thanks for all you do. Bye-bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello. This is Julie Gavada from Spring, Texas. Just calling in to say I just finished listening to part two of episode um, 10 Little Things That We Missed, and I had a couple I wanted to share with the, with the Box family. Um, the first one is... Um, I know there might be some mixed reviews about this show that used to take place in Animal Kingdom, but when we first really started going to Disney in the early 2000s, I missed this. Uh, I just really liked this show. Um, it was the Tarzan show, and I loved. I wasn't all that crazy about the skateboarders and all that stuff, but I loved the live music. So I think the band was fabulous. It sounded just like Phil Collins, and I loved, loved, loved when Tarzan was swing across the stage and then dropped down right there in that uh, kind of catwalk right there in the audience. Um, just gave me such a great feeling. It was so wonderful. I missed that. The other two things that I missed, um, I missed Disney dollars, and another saving thing that I missed is Disney vacation accounts. I am such an advocate for planning Disney trips, and it's how I tell all my friends and family. They're like, it's so expensive. I'm like, but there's so many neat tools that you can use. And Disney dollars, we used to get my kids excited, you know, for their spending money. We would go to the Disney store and buy our Disney dollars. It was just, uh, I missed that. And the vacation account was fabulous. It was a little bit of magic and savings. It just taught everybody so much. But uh, those were some things that I missed. Thought I'd want to share that with everyone. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. And uh, talk to you guys real soon. See you all in the box. Bye.